Gaffney unmarked on the far side and it will be a goal kick to UCD. Now I have to say that was a strange call. I thought that was a corner. I think that ball was in the back of the net, Declan. It's a goal. Wow. UCD! I'm on the top of the world looking down on creation and the only explanation I can find is the love that I've found ever since you've been around. Your love's put me at the top of the world. That's a really good penalty kick from Richie Towell and Shamrock Rovers are back in front. 3-2 they lead, Richie Towles second goal of the game. You're not singing, you're not singing, you're not singing anymore, you're not singing. Come fly with me, let's fly, let's fly away. If you can use some exotic booze, there's a bar in far Bombay. Come on and fly with me. Let's fly, let's fly away. Come fly with me. Let's float down to Peru. Welcome to Tales of Eastland, episode 242, and it's me, Gary P. And of course, it's the prop of Carol Riley. And you are following robbers these days. Sorry, fuddying. Is, uh, it's not good for the heart. It's um, <laughs> we're only talking about how, how deadly this season is. It's it's mental. The stats to back it up as well. Um, of course, our uh, forever sponsors, the Ocean Electrical and Leinster Credit. Um, Prof, I'm gonna probably have to invest in a bit of hair dye as well because the grief I'm getting off Leinster Credit over having a few greys. This is a combination of things, right? I think the quiff is looking fabulous. It's the quiff is all good. The hair is not going anywhere, but. It's getting, I'm getting George Clooney, like, it's getting there. It's proper grey. I'm 34. Someone in work told me I look 45. Could be a silver fox. I'm telling you. No, I don't mind being a silver fox. But the 45 comment made me, you know, the fetal <laughs> position. Just just sitting there, eating constantly. Like, uh, uh. Couldn't believe a 45. And then, and then there was a crowd. They were like, guess, guess how old he was. And I'm like, oh, no. I got the usual reverse one yesterday. A girl was shocked at my age. She thought I was late 20s. Oh, wanker. <laughs> 38 was the best I got. 38. I, I get the baby face coming along. Oh. Um, yeah, so of course, yeah. Leinster credit when you need just for men in by the dozen. And of course, Ocean Let's Go. Um, this week, we review our wins over UCD and Pats that sent us to the top of the league. And there's a new edition of the 50s Hotline, Prof. Seven College. Taken are 10 questions so uh, always go crack the hotline the usual mad questions that we uh, we come up with so you have to deal with those mm-hmm. uh, feedback to last week with Jason McLean says he presented Simon Madden with his player of the year award in 2016 and Kev Hoop 17-25 you need to change that handle kid Simon Madden comes across as a really good lad always liked him with us yeah Kieran gentlemen. Uh, quoted this back to me he said Dan Byrne he was 7 foot then I don't know what height he is now and Kieran said probably still 7 foot yeah maybe <laughs> you don't really shrink <laughs> <laughs> you can actually believe it or not you can actually get an operation to make it bigger now 
That's how fucked up. We're talking about Are AI. Are we still talking about height here? Yeah, we're talking about AI here. <laughs> I'd have gotten that done years ago. It was available for <laughs> They open up your knees and they put like extensions in your knees. And it gives you about like, I don't know if it gives you a foot or not, but it gives you a couple of inches and it makes you taller. I'm not messing around with plumbing, <laughs> innards, acting inside. I'm not putting, I'm not doing anything. And the eyes, especially. You're, don't mess, don't put lasers in your eyes. That's, that's one thing I won't mess with. Lasers, uh, messing with the plumbing, snips, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Not happening. Absolutely. Not happening. Uh, speaking of the gent, Gare, he's off to South Africa this week. As in, he's not literally travelling to South Africa, but he's oh. featuring a South African club who wear green Blum and Fontaine white. Celtic? That's it, yeah. I always remember these. Don't know why we have a connection with these. There's a Rovers connection somewhere there. It's more of a Celtic connection. And There's something. They have a link with uh, Sporting as well in Portugal. Used to, used to be managed by uh, the Gamma. Remember that the Derry player in the late eighties? Oh yeah. yeah, they used to manage them. Yeah, yeah. So that's the gent booked on for uh, Corkaway Prof. He's he's catching the bug. Um, Brads are is admired by people at Blackpool. Apparently, yeah. Well, they can fuck off. Hopefully, it's just this, the the seaside. This will come around again, though. Like there will be a Lincoln situation again. This in particular, this season in particular, because. Fluid football is once again rampant, and we'll talk about that in a while. But fluid or liquid? Liquid, yeah, that's yeah. fair. Fluid, liquid football. Northern Ireland European playoff system. This can get in the bin. Gruzy's not a fan. Ryan Legru, one of our, um, one of our Tifty's bogies. Um, well, as you said, crazy that team who finished seventh can get into Europe before a team who finished third. I despise this. It's 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 one it's on the list of hatred now at this stage. I reckon it's. In a few countries, it doesn't make sense Greece at all. Well, like, it? Notts County, we spoke yeah. about this before. Notts County, you're on a, I think they finished with 107 points in the National League in England. Notts Wrexham finished with 111, and they were possibly 20, 15, 20 points ahead of anybody else, and they still had to go into a playoff. That's it's baffling. And imagine, like, no. ugh, it just makes no sense, man. You get the highest points, you set a you set a position that goes into Europe, and that's it. I was listening to the Talbot Sunny Philadelphia podcast because you know that they came to Dublin there oh, yeah, a couple yeah, of weeks yeah. ago. And actually you should check out the new one because they have clips from the Dublin show and they have like behind the scenes chat. It's quite good. But when they're talking about football or soccer, uh, it was really cringy because they were talking about our point system compared to their own. And they were like saying, I was like, oh yeah, maybe it could be interesting. Yeah, the, the point system as opposed to their It sounds wrong. Their the same playoffs. point system, doesn't it? Yeah, as opposed to their playoffs. And they were debating added time as well. They thought it was mental. It's like, the game, it keeps going. It goes past the 90. <laughs> it just doesn't stop. And then the Glenn is trying to explain it. It's like, I'd say their take like, on well, it was fascinating. Well, well, the referee is he's adding the time with his watch. <laughs> I'm just like, is this not self-explanatory? <laughs> well, the Americans are so rigid within, within their ways and in their, their rules. They just can't... Yeah. Anything that deviates from the norm, you know. Speaking of Europe, we got some info on our potential Polish opponents, Gar. So could be potentially four hundred of us jammed in a cage. Yeah, all those um, away days and away uh, sections that you see in like joke on Instagram and joke on Twitter, that could be us. That could be. Yeah, apparently some rich fan owns them and just brought them up the leagues, and they actually won it. They're I think their stadium holds maybe eight thousand something along like that, and they won the Polish division. That went viral, didn't it? The the comparison between the team that got relegated and the team that won the league. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It wouldn't be the first time now. Some of our fans have been climbing up cages, so... Mm-hmm. 
Clareborn Prof, very positive piece by Evelyn on the bumper era. Um, this is, I think, Carl Karen said it in Ten Carl Karen's. Um, he said it's the most positive piece he's ever heard on Rovers, and I agree. That's spot on. Wholeheartedly, it's. Do you know what we've done? Uh, did I say this last week? We've crossed over to the dark side. The dark side that exists within RTE that we are now likeable by RTE, <laughs> which I'm not sure if I'm happy with. We're in there with the rugby. We're in there with Leinster. Yeah. We're in there with Vogue Williams. Do you notice they use the word safe about five or six times? I'm not sure if I want to be there. You know what I mean? I'm on tin ice here. I'm walking around. I'm thinking, Shamrock Rovers, like you're going to see Tuberty with a fucking Rovers jersey on next. I kept waiting for something negative, anything, any snarky comment, and it never came. It was absolutely brilliant. I mean, even the soccer mom that was talking about the coffee's decent. She and was great. She fairness. was great. She's she totally took it in. Like she opened her arms and just embraced it. She's our target audience in some ways because she yeah. has kids who are becoming obsessed, and she, and she brings them, and then she likes it, and then she tells her neighbours. And then, like Mary, the popular soccer mom, is going to the going to the soccer. And then all the road are gone because it's the cool thing to do. It's, it's yeah. lemmings, isn't it? She called herself a blow-in. Um, we had a discussion about that word recently. Blow-in. It's, yeah. it's kind of a shitty word. The Tifties B team WhatsApp group has actually started to expand and grow into actual discussions now mm-hmm. instead of just last man standing and golden goals and stuff like that. And it kind of exploded today. One or two people left because... There's all sorts of there's townie cuisine books. There's all sorts of food discussions. But now it's we're gonna kind of keep it to rovers. But if you do want to be added in, let us know. Um, oh, yeah. it is good for info tickets. Uh, last man standing stuff like that. It actually is. It's really really good like that because you'll always get sorted with a ticket and stuff like that. But um, I have a love hate relationship. But some days I'm like, I'm proud of you, B group. I think this is entertaining. <laughs> and, then the ne- and then the next day I'm like, get me. I think if here. you just kick Jay Mangano, <laughs> then all goes back to normal. No, Gary, it's worth it for the voice notes. Yeah, it's yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Just his voice. Uh, Dennis Dunhill spoke very well on that. Uh, yeah, I can only imagine him as he was speaking. He must have had the, like been grinning like a Cheshire or a yeah, cat. He yeah. sounded so happy. Yeah, well, it's um, something he's worked hard on, you know. It's something yeah. that he's kind of put his, his heart and soul into. I thought one thing that went under the radar was the junior hoops. <sighs> Increased from 120 to 400. Wow. Monster, man. Do you know what? Put it this way. You can't just be in the Guard of Honour anymore. They have a random generator. Like the Golden Goal. So you you just put it, you throw out the kids' names, it spits out the kids' names, and then there, that's who's in the Guard of Honour this week. It's it's nuts. They are. And Bill, I know he likes to throw bouquets at himself, but he actually got one of those silver plates with his name on it engraved and a couple of other people as well. So big shout out to Bill. Um he's uh he does a lot in fairness. He's even at the women's games and he's just throwing sweets at kids and he does so much. So big shout out to Bill. Uh Tommy Tommy, prof, uh do you know how I'm not sure if he got knocked out in the last man standing, but were you were you aware who he picked in the last man standing in the last round? No, I this whole Kerry debate. He didn't pick Kerry. He did picked he? that loan and oh, Kerry beat yeah. him. Yeah, and Kerry beat him. I was loving it. And a few people, funny enough, got stuck with it long because they didn't pick anybody. And they probably thought I'm grand. Yeah, yeah. But Tommy Tommy question regarding new fans: Do we actually have many, or are the bigger crowds mainly caused by part timers and lapsed fans showing up? I don't count kids as new fans; they could hardly be old fans. They're kids. This is a good question. I think there's a lot of lapsed fans, and there is a lot of new fans, like we heard on the Clare Bourne piece. 
But I've had a couple of people who haven't gone in a while contact me about going on buses and stuff like that. And mm. the arms are open, lads, come on back. Prodigal sons, keep coming. It'd be difficult to get that sort of data, but do you know what I mean? Like in 2013, probably the best we were doing was 3,000 to smaller games. I know Bows, we get we get higher. Bows past or Dundalk, yeah. we were challenging. We were happy with 3,600. I think, our, I think our hardcore was kind of like the 3,000 home to UCD. Yeah. And now even on Mondays, we're getting five. Last Monday, we got six. I wonder out of this in- increase... How many are lapsed fans? I'd be fascinated to know. Like, how many stop going during Crotty and know, then are yeah. coming back? But it's sometimes people are just genuinely like that. They just turn mm. their nose up at like maybe a slight bit of defeat or or something when when a team's not doing well. But I think when the whole issue of success comes into it, you just you got to take the bandwagoners on. You got to just ride the wave and do what you can with it. And like, I mean, think about it. Actually, funny enough, a Pats fan texts me. I won't even name check him because he's in official capacity now so I can't even name him anymore. But he said that Dublin could soon be a football city if they if we get our head down, infrastructure gets right, we have structured funding from the government, Pats, Bows and Rovers, maybe Shells, lagging in behind and fourth, they could all grasp and maybe hit five to 8,000 in a, in a long term. If you have a long term structured goal to kind of increase attendances and increase infrastructure and grounds you could have a proper little football city with Dublin like and all good grounds dotted all around it's going to take a while but it's it's potential I can't believe I'm saying this because I, I can't believe this is my fear now is that it will grow so much that it will become a turn off that fans are constantly being turned away because the grounds cannot accommodate them yeah it could happen imagine me saying that four years ago I know it's nuts. And we were only talking about Glenn Dunn who sent us audio of me t- t- ripping the shit out of Sean Horwin who's at Dundalk in 2017, one of our earlier podcasts. And we were happy with 3,600 at a home game to Dundalk where we pretty much stopped the four yeah. in a row, am I right? Or possibly... Uh, 2017, we, we, well, we, Cork stopped Yeah, it. and we were singing about we it. We did yeah. beat them in, in the summer. I think that's the, the podcast yeah. that we were talking about there. But yeah, I know there is a there's an attraction to that when it's the hottest ticket in town. Yeah, like Bowls have made a a thing out of that now, haven't they? And they're right. not the hottest ticket in town, though. That's the thing. So they, I will give them like a lot of praise and say that they have got a good machine there promoting mm. them, and they are selling out their ground. Uh, but boasting about setouts when they only have two stands, but now they True. have the, now they have the mono stand. But yeah. It is like if it's it's all about creating that aura that oh this is the thing to go to it's hard to get a ticket if it's hard to get a ticket people will want to go isn't it weird absolutely yeah but I just I would hate a situation where like realistically how long would it take for the facilities to come good um honestly twenty forty one that's the Bose the Bose prediction for a daily mount to be fixed but the quality of our league is raising now. Like now is the time we need something and it won't happen for like 10, 20 years. Yeah, unfortunately. What's going to happen between this rise we have now and when the facilities actually do come in? It's, it's mad to think I about. Oh, yeah. It's, it, it is. It's it's needed, but it's interesting. Interesting couple of years ahead, Prof. Um, uh, just just quick note on dairy. Interesting real change. Uh, now kids under 14 have to be accompanied by a parent at the brandy well. This is, a couple of clubs are looking at this. I think uh, a lot of scrotes were getting in and causing trouble. I think this is something that is going to be implemented 
two weeks, two home games maybe, and then they'll just say, okay, well, we are doing it. It's something to kind of just, it's face value. Like They're just, they're just saying, mm-hmm. okay, well, this is what's, what we're doing, and then they'll stop doing it just to kind of keep people happy. I think it might be the case because you can't turn kids away, let's be honest. It's, you should be able to kind of have, to a certain extent, have kids there, but it's a very, very, it's a minefield. It's a tricky one. Mm-hmm. Because you can't turn it into a playground, which a lot of people aren't happy with South Stand at the minute. But that's a discussion for another day, Prof. I'm talking about that. But Pajo has a Gary O'Neill song. Prof, you're going to sing it for us? Uh, no, no. Um, <laughs> Gary O'Neill does seem like Pajo's sort of player, doesn't he? He'd be right up his alley. Yeah, yeah. I have to say, I'm, like, it's the last game, he was, I was, I was at the game with Jaden and like I said I'm always talking about Jaden and trying to improve him as a footballer and his, improve his IQ his football IQ and I said well, just watch Gary O'Neill and he was unbelievable against Pats he's I don't he rarely rarely gave the ball away smart little like crisp passing forward passing as well I just thought Gary O'Neill he's really improved for me lately I think he's absolutely brilliant something you pointed out to me a few weeks ago uh, <laughs> I love the way he just wants to find Jack <sighs> every time it's they just work so well together Something I'm starting to do now, I'm I'm starting to watch, like, I think I said it recently, where I'm waiting for Jack to receive the ball. So now I'm kind of, I'm my interest begins before Jack. I'm like, okay, where is Jack? Is Gary O'Neill looking for Jack? And then I'm looking, like, for the next phase. It's like, I'm thinking ahead. You know that position I'm yeah. talking about that Jack yeah. finds himself in? Yeah. It's, let's say, it's about 15 yards into the opposing half slightly over towards Bradzer and just outside the semicircle. Yeah, yeah. That's where he picks up the ball and he's fucking lethal. You watch it every time and every time he picks it up there, I'm just thinking, here we go. Beautiful delivery, something will work every time. And I've, we haven't seen us play like that before. So, And just finally, before we talk about the UCD game, there was a piece in the zone uh, with Harry Kenny. Uh, sorry, not Harry Kenny. Uh, Mark Kenny. Who was a dead dead ball specialist, and he was re- reminiscing about a five-two in over Dundalk, where he scored two free kicks. He put one in each corner of the net. Derek Tracy challenged him to do it, and he did it. Put it in the other side of the keeper. Did that actually happen? Uh, according to, to Kenny and uh, Tracy, yeah. But like in this game against the UCD, you now Jack Byrne was rested. Um, so you had we expected this, we predicted this, didn't we? So you had Marcus Poom on corners and free kicks and actually pretty decent a bit of whippage on it yeah pretty decent set piece of delivery from Pilm and then in the past game uh, we had no designated penalty taker because Watson Burke were off the pitch so obviously Tell steps up well I thought Jack would have stepped up Jack yeah I really did I thought he would have stepped up considering he's he's technically the best player on the team penalty should be nothing to him I'm pretty sure I've seen Jack take I know the cup final obviously yeah yeah and Elves Il- uh, oh, I loved foot. Richie's yeah. um Determination. Straight away, give me that ball. Yeah. He knew he was going straight over to the fans. Brother said he'd been practicing them yeah. training for I saw for, I heard your interview weeks. actually, yeah. After every training session. Well, the Poor reason- Leon getting battered. <laughs> yeah. Tom is getting hammered over after every <laughs> No, but the reason I brought this up was because um I think it would be really cool to have a dead ball specialist. I mean, imagine like an Ian Hart who was just known for scoring free kicks and you win a free kick in the edge of the box and it was described in the piece there how the fans were quiet when Kenny was standing over the ball because you're nearly expecting a goal. Imagine Tuck, that. Imagine that excitement. Kicks, like penals is what it was said. Yeah, like Pat Byrne. Yeah. Interesting because whenever Bork and 
Bourne step up to take a free we don't really know who's going to take it it's like Bourne mm. Bourne has all the attributes to be a free kick specialist mm. I just we haven't scored them consistently who who was the most likely to score free uh, like Bourne, Bourne you, you wouldn't know Sean Kavanagh what's the last free kick we scored Sean Kavanagh scored a free kick not not on his debut, but like on, after one or two games, he scored a free kick against Derry, and I thought, "Ooh, it's a free kick!" There you go. Here. Yeah, now technically, yeah. he's superb. Berkey's taken; he's scored one or two, I think. Yeah, you're right. Actually, there's no yeah. one that we really have that hammers them home all the time. So routine three 0 win, Prof UCD bowl last Friday. No changes. No five changes. No Jack Nugent started, and Gannon came back from injury off the bench. So. Uh, definitely a good way of getting minutes into legs and it's been a while since we've seen Gannon and Nugent in particular as well so the build up prof Nugent was very good actually um, I'm looking at the score hit the post um, so I was impressed by Nugent in this game in the middle as well because we had seen him mostly on the right right Presence wing Cup we saw him yeah on the right, right wing back yeah. Um, yeah the build up uh, we weren't cursing Pauls at the end of this match because he had virtually nothing to do one camera save but rather, we were cursing the bloody poles in the way of the guys. <laughs> that actually cracked me up when I saw yeah. it. <laughs> I was in the student bar beforehand. Talk to me, Prof. What had we got? Deals. I want no deals. I want details. I had the Guinness. I had the chicken curry and chips, which is pretty decent. Oh, have we got pretty any deals, decent. though? Did you whip the student card out? No, I didn't. I haven't been a student for a long time. <laughs> uh, I was expecting major horseplay and carnage. <laughs> In the student bar, but uh, got no such thing. Three dynamites for a tenner. <laughs> and uh, yeah, UCD. I don't know. Maybe because we were we, we were here in the Leinster Senior Cup at the start of the season. Can't remember if I brought this up, but my god, the fucking seats in UCD. Oh, no, you haven't said. Why this. are they so low? <laughs> what are they getting like, chairs have are they, they still I've never been in this bar have, no in the ground oh in the ground yeah yeah yeah, yeah. have they measured the human back <laughs> it's not four inches <laughs> it goes up higher you want you need support I love when you get angry about little things have, I've never seen seats like this at ground hill, hill hoops were back as well I saw that hill, hill hoops. hoops were back but they're all standing there right? yeah I didn't I didn't like that I was like lads it's a hill <laughs> sit down on it I think it was jammers because yeah it was nearly a sell yeah. wasn't it so um, yeah. yeah, so Clark, Prof, we have 1-0 and great bit of play from Bork. Bork is so hard to dispossess. He's unbelievable. It's just really, really hard to take the ball off him. He's a proper street footballer. And a lovely little cutback. And I think it kind of took a bounce before Clark hit it. And he kind of bundled it into the net. So that was 1-0. And uh, I thought... Well, you're not giving any credit to Clarky there, really. This was, this was he, a surgeon run He from keeps running. his own half. Yeah, he's like Forrest Gump. This was a great run. Yeah. And the 1-2 with Burke, yeah. Uh, poor Emma Weedley. Uh she she had the golden goal sixteen minutes. Did the ball cross the line literally sixteen zero zero on the clock? Yeah. Literally. <laughs> it was spent. It was spent on tapas and cocktails in <laughs> Lisbon. One of our yeah. many jaunts. Andy Lyons was there. Uh people didn't cop it initially that he was there, but once they did, he was getting mobbed by kids. But in fairness to him, he signed everything, signed all the autographs. He's always been great with us as well. He's a top, mm-hmm. top fella. Um, well-rounded individual as regards to mm-hmm. media, football, everything. Just a smart, mm-hmm. well-rounded fella. You know what I mean? Probably the the biggest compliment you can play, Trevor Clark. We're actually not missing Lions' goals it's nuts, at the moment. Because Clark is scoring for fun. Like, it's just clicking. <laughs> it's just clicking. And he should have 10 goals there. He scored four and four. He should have had four before that. Yeah. Easy. 
one on one chances. Um, yeah, so Prof, the rest of the half um, plays out like a friendly, really, doesn't it? Out here. I thought Woody, um, I went on with, with uh, get, he dropped me and Ryan home back to, to the hotbed of talent in Crumlin. And he described this very well. He said the crowd is very sleepy, always sleepy at the UCD ball. Yeah. So it must be kind of kind of a weird atmosphere for the players to play that in that. Every everyone that goes out there is like that though. They have to be. Mm. They have to be. Um Yeah, so that was it pretty much prof. Nudger having a good game. Uh we move on to the second half with Aaron Green loves a goal in this end. He scored something so quite similar before. He scored a couple in this so a uh, good bit of work out wide. Super ball was uh, from Poom. Great bit of work from Poom. Right foot and a magic ball into the box. And Greener taps home with his right foot to get himself yeah. off the mark for the start for the first goal of the season. First probably. goal of the season, yeah. This actually started from a corner from Poom, but uh, got recycled back to him. And as you say, recycled. Yeah, very, uh, very good cross for, for Greener. And uh, interesting one, we had scored exactly two goals in each of our last five games. Only two goals. So five in a row. So when this OMG went in, that ended our, our streak of twos. A streak of twos. Yeah. Just, a, just a quirky one I noticed. So this was an own goal, <coughs> own goal by uh, Adam Wells. Yep. 71st minute. So it was um, a bit of work on the left and it just kind of wrong foot of the sure. keeper. Went in the near post. Our substitute Justin was uh, involved in the build-up play here. Yeah, good to see Good to see the lads coming on. I think, who else? Did we see Conan Newman getting some minutes as well? Yeah, yeah, the three, the three young, young lads do well, involved in the goal, and as I said, Nugent, uh, probably my man of the match, actually. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was impressed by him. A fair few said that as well, Prof, and yeah. it's it's good that we can actually have players like that that can step in in these games, give our heavy hitters a bit of a, a rest, our Gary O'Neill's and our towels, mm-hmm. and a fella like that can come in, a young up-and-coming stud can come in and just uh, have a good game like that. I mean, he's had two good seasons under his belt. One in the fourth division, one in a struggling draw of the team, and he's he's done well. So I think he's earned his chance. Um, we'll see how he gets on. Could he be an weeks. option for if you say you need to rest like a Gary O'Neill in these types of games? Definitely, because you he's see. a he's a grafter, and like you said when he said to you after the game, he's like, I can't tackle. <laughs> I don't know what accent that was. <laughs> I don't know either. Um, yeah, so Stan's Army written off in March, top in May. Yeah, people are mental, and we don't don't worry. We have the scrapbook. We have the scrapbook ready of all the mm-hmm. bullshit that was written about Rovers at the start of the season. Yeah, back on top. Normal service resumed. Normal uh, service. And there was another one from Stan. Stan's yeah. Army. Yeah, the famous Tommy mob from Rovers. That's life. That's life. That's what the people say. Written off in April, riding high in May. But I know we're gonna change that tune, and we'll be back on top, heading into June. Ah. A little ditty, a little ditty there for you, Prof. Um, the commentary as well. My God, Prof, I had to take this one in at home. Uh, they're a different breed. They're eccentric to say the least. I have a whole section on this, which I don't think we even have time to go through. It's so long. They're they're eccentric. That's well, to say the least. When we scored the third goal, they said game over. UCD won't score three. Never mind four. Maybe in six matches. So uh, down played in their own side there. But I was I was cracking up just reading the chat during the game. I started getting jealous that I wasn't at home. They mentioned some mad car- some mad crack like with uh, cycling clubs and yeah, I have it here. Yeah, well, Eminem was cracking me up. It's like, could someone in attendance please find the commentary team and shut them up in any manner possible? <laughs> oh, they were ridiculous, man. 
Uh, it was like someone burned the gantry down, please. Barry says, uh, I'm sick of hearing about mi- mountain climbing and Gary Owens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, they're, but they're in their own little bubble. Yeah. Like They love each other's company, that's for sure. Apparently during the doc game recently, they spent a good 15 minutes talking about spice bags. Uh, and this in this game against us, they spent ten minutes discussing who had degrees. <laughs> well, it is UCD. So this is Deccan Hughes, who's been on the podcast a couple of times actually. And what, what was the other guy's name? Ross something. Uh not sure. I'm not, I'm not sure either way. It's but, very entertaining. But you obviously watched the third goal, and it's like <laughs> Declan thinks it's gone out for a goal <laughs> kick, and your man's like. I actually think that's gone the back of the net, Dick. <laughs> yeah, it was so <laughs> subdued. Like, It's just one of those games. Yeah, so that was that, Prof. And um, did you get the hot dog? No, like I said, I got the chicken curry chips in the bar beforehand because I just remember being... You weren't tempted. So disappointed. To be robbed blind. I think I got the burger last time. Um, How much did the chicken curry chips in the November game? In the student bar? I think it was six quid. That's not bad. Yeah. For considering the portion is a good portion, very good portion. It actually took me a long time to eat it. That's what you're talking about. That's the student life, student life, prof. Didn't even need to flash the student card. And <laughs> so I had a couple of uh, stats here. Uh, when Gaffney came on, it was actually that was like the definition of men against boys because they just could not get near him. I thought he should have backed himself to just waltz in the box. He's a big horse. They couldn't stop of a him. man. Do you remember you watched boys from real sitting on the hill last time and he was just eating chicken? <laughs> and we were like what's in that and he goes fajita I don't know what he, he, he said piri piri chicken or something like yeah so a few stats uh, so th- at this point we had won five consecutive away games in all competitions first time since 2020 so we actually did it three years ago fourth time we did it under Bradzer. Uh if we were to do six against Cork it'd be our best run since eight in 1987 mm. And that is the all-time record, eight. So, uh, two away from the all-time record. Uh, we had now won five consecutive away games with clean sheets for only the fourth time ever in all competitions. I think you have something to add to this, do you? Do you I, have a little bit to add to this, though? Is there not a first time ever start there is a There is a first time coming, but I'm doing all competitions at the moment. So, uh, first time in nearly 40 years... That we did uh, five wins in a row away from home, all competitions, and but yeah, in the league, five straight away wins with clean sheets for the first time ever. Five away wins and on the trot, no goals conceded. What a stat! And I'd say you were like a lunatic when you found this stat. I I'd say, all you like, oh. I'd say. You did. <laughs> Very renowned, <laughs> renowned historian, Carl Riley, ladies and gentlemen. And in general, wins or, or draws, six consecutive away clean sheets in the league. Also, a club record, six in a row Madness, without that, that is a mental stat. It's a brilliant, brilliant stat. Unbelievable. So the all competitions because we lost two one in Bray and then the senior cup. That's that's the interruption of the the run there. So the all competitions potentially more there, but yeah, in the league. That is magic, and this is a record. It's been, like I said, it's been fucking brilliant. It's been, <laughs> it's been a, a roller coaster season, enjoyable. No matter what way it ends up, it's been such an enjoyable season so far. I am. Um, so at this point, Leon hadn't conceded a league goal 
in six consecutive games. November 2021 at Bowes. That had been the last time you could see a league goal. Obviously goes on to concede two on the Monday against Pats. Uh, we learned that Manus would be out seven weeks from the UCD game. So by the time you're listening to this, we're down to six weeks. And obviously a bit of news broke after the Pats game. We'll talk about that in a moment. Um... Just on my quizzes, actually, there's no Tuesday trivia this week. Don't, don't do it when there's a Monday game. I'm under instruction from the social media team here. There's too much going on <laughs> during the week when there's a Monday game. Um, Shane Keegan has his own quiz. He's, he's a Rollers fan. <laughs> yeah. Do you notice he watched the penalty? He said he watched the penalty back a million times against Bowes, and he's convinced that it wasn't the penalty. Listen, our analysis wasn't biased or mental at all. Like We just called it who it wasn't. Shane, Shane was that man. Do we? There was some logic to it. I like Shane. But I still, I still think it's a Stonewall Benno. Um, he had a quiz. Name the 10 League of Ireland Premier Premier Division players. Oh, this this kicked off with the B team group. Born in the 80s, which really made me feel old that there was only 10. Great great show as well. And yeah, it was good. I don't know how he came across it. Good quiz question, yeah. The answer was Ronald Finn, Danny Lafferty, Greg Bulger, Gary Deegan, Adam Manis, Rory Gaffney, Peter Cherry, Owen Doyle, Richard Brush, Adam Foley. Men of our vintage, prof. Mm-hmm. And speaking of quizzes, uh, one day in the in the in the LMS chat, a discussion broke out about my Tuesday trivia, <laughs> but, and just people were just going mad about it. But I had to I had to calm the masses. <laughs> I had to say there's two different props here. Like. Yeah, quizmaster prof, that's a wanker. Regular prof, he's all right. Well, listen, you're not wrong. <laughs> uh, Adam Marr hates my quizzes. He got he got two out of ten. Uh, he thought the one where in which minute was the Sligo 2012 game interrupted by the fans. He thought that was the worst question ever. Best question ever. And I was like, I was. That's in fairness, it's only because it's born into yeah. my psyche. I was, I was just fascinated at the time. Like. That's a significant moment, like in fan culture. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Merrill says, "Prof makes you feel like you've been supporting Raw was a wet week." <laughs> <laughs> I won't say publicly what my score was. Super quiz, ban it. <laughs> Stupid quiz. Better off out them quizzes. <laughs> Better off out them. I love the hatred of my quizzes sometimes. It just makes me to make them even worse. So don't tempt me. Oh god. Uh, yeah. So that's Prof's bastard quiz. Uh, Pats three two dramatic game in Tala on the Monday night and the team Trevor suspended so we Finn on the right, Farouja on the left and Gaffney and Bork started with Poom on the bench. Prof. So. Pre-match, it was announced we'd lost Paddy Malone from Dundrum, lifelong fan and prominent in the Rover Supporters Club uh, in the four in a row era. So our condolences go to the Malones. A presentation, Prof, was made last night of three special merit awards we spoke about already. Long-time club volunteers, Sean McCaughey, Philip Boland, who you will see greeting you into the suite with a big smile every time, and Bill Gleeson for their ongoing selfless support of the club, who offer their services left, right and centre whenever they can, Prof, and they are top, top lads, and they deserve every inch of their shield. Yeah, that's well deserved for all three there. Yeah, yeah top, absolutely. top lads. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant stuff. Uh, member scarves were there the elusive member scarves look a unicorn this fucking thing prof member scarves were there for collection and Kieran Long says a huge thank you to Mick Quinn for knitting these scarves over the last four months uh, some man they're actually <laughs> class they're actually really nice uh, so our our pity guilt scarves are absolutely yep. gorgeous uh, good crowd from, from Pats I think they sold out their thousand on occasion always um, do in fairness yeah, really they always, quickly they always really quickly, do yeah, yeah. 
Uh, so to start the game, Prof. So early stages, uh, first chance failed to pout, uh, Richie's Howell actually had a shot blocked early on, and but then Pat started to look pretty dangerous, and Pigo made a hugely important block. Remember on the right side of the box? Oh my god, unbelievable! So yeah, I was texting you. I was, I was like, our delivery is <laughs> shocking in this half. Shocking. I mean, it was it was so so poor, and then instantly we scored. Yeah. Well, like the Jack's corner for Gray's header, like it was probably they were one, too long, they were too yeah. floaty, they weren't. I think there was less shuffling going on. It just they weren't they weren't great. Gaffney probably had his worst ever robbers game. Hard, hard to believe, wasn't it? Uh, but Burke's touch was off as well. The two of them, like one of them, you could accept was having an off day. But when both Burke and Gaffney's touches are off, you're like, oh my god, what's happening here? And the deliveries were off. Um, until Jack's corner, as we said. Yep. But, um, yeah, they take the lead then. So, we 28 minutes, there was... Um, oh, I watched it back, Prof. I'm not sure if it, if it was a blatant deflection. It did take it slightly away from Leon, but it looked kind of close Pico, to him. Yeah. yeah, it looked kind of close to him as well. I don't know, you wouldn't be hammering on too much because deflections are... They're unfortunate. You can't deal with them. But we went one down anyway. And I saw people giving out about Leon. Now, when you watch the replay back, it almost looked like he's thinking about going for it and he stops. But I actually, if you watch the the highlights, that's not a like you can't judge it from that. I'm at a kind of a good point in the halfway line, so I can see the deflection, and I'm watching the flight of the ball. Yeah, I think Leon had no hope again this. I know it, it. It is. It's unfair to say that he should have got it, but and when you analyze it and you look at it, it looks like he could have got down. But then again, mm. when you when you, t- when you think about it, it's a deflection. It's very hard to he kind of wrong. adjust your feet like that. You know, he was wrong footed. We've seen Al wrong wrong footed before. It happens. Yeah, yeah it's a uh, it's no. But I like their response, mm. Prof. I thought we were well getting stuck in. Gary O'Neill just does it for me, man. Mm. Um, I thought Ferrugia was a little bit off the pace, but when Ferrugia is struggling. He puts so much effort in getting back and, and and getting stuck in defensively. That's something that he he's not getting enough credit for this season. Is defensively he's been he's improved tenfold. He's been so good and he he nicks the ball off people all the time and makes good defensive uh, inter intercisions. There's a new word interceptions. Intercisions. I'm uh, no, I've absolutely been noticing that as well. Has been, um, hasn't he? I, I've been loving that, and he did do that in this first half as well. But going forward, he looked. He looked off it as a well. A little bit out of sorts, didn't he? looked he? tired or something. Yeah, I don't know yeah. what it was. But Pat's, like, the warning signs were there for that goal. Because that goal came from their press on the edge of our box. Yeah. I think Gary O'Neill was nicked, wasn't he? A tackle from, um, who was it? Was it Lennon? Like, Lennon and Murphy were really good in the middle. Yeah. So Lennon's Pat, a tidy little yeah. player, yeah. Pat's, Pat's looked look good in his first half, I thought. And thought that goal was probably coming. Uh, Forrester was kind of finding space. Yeah, I, d- I didn't think Forrester was great. Like I felt yeah. it was a good battle in the middle, but Forrester, you give him space, he'll do damage. But if you close him down with the type of players that we have, he won't. He won't get it done. Mm. Well, I thought this goal was. Now I know we've come from behind many times before in games, but oh. this we needed this goal. Ah, it was magic. And this I was, was important. I was just thinking to myself, okay, this is where we need to score. This is right on halftime. Exactly on the button. Perfect. You know we love these goals when they go in. So Jack whipping one in, and I'm thinking to myself. Right, I'm actually very confident of how of our attacking set pieces. I think that like we're just so 
much of a threat from corners. And when, <coughs> do you remember, Jack whips it in, little shuffle whips it in, great ball in, perfectly aimed in, right, right on top of the keeper, but not on top of him. That he, he has to make a decision. He decided to stay. Do you remember that figure, Stretch Armstrong, <laughs> and you'd pull it. Is this how you're describing Grace? This is Grace. So he leaps. It's with some leap. It's like he he stretches and arches his back <laughs> all the way back. It's like a stretch arm to toy and it goes yeah. and he just nods at home. I was like, that is outrageous from Grace. Outrageous. Brilliant header. And we're back in it. We're back in the game. Going in straight into half time. Perfect way to give yourself a little G up for the second half. So, second half, prof. Um I'm interested in your take now actually on the first 20 minutes of this second half because we we didn't find our rhythm in the first half but the second half oddly we I didn't think we were playing great but for some reason I thought we were more likely to score I felt that way as well because even though we were shooting into the north stand which is something that hasn't happened in a while usually shooting to the south in the second half I just felt confident that Tell Tell was really putting himself about. He was getting stuck in. He was making interceptions. He was winning balls. I felt that if we could get him and O'Neill still playing the way they play together as a unit who free up the space for, for Jack Bourne, I felt that's where we're going to hurt them. And this goal on 68 minutes, well, it's absolutely magic. It starts off at the back. Good, lovely bit of passing. Superb team goal. Um, Got a bit of luck with Bourke. Bork kind of just flicks a volley and it squirms and trickles over to Finn. And I'm thinking to myself... It wasn't crisp enough a pass. No, it could have been intercepted. It looks poor from the Pats side of things. Like, yeah. If I was their gaffer, I'd be like, lads, that's a 50-50. Why isn't anyone fucking bursting their, their bollocks to get in there and mm. do it? But Finn takes a touch and the second he arched himself in... I, I love I, this I, cross I was thinking, so he's putting a sneaky, <laughs> acute cross in here. And then Richie... Late run, Richie is born again. Diving header. I love diving headers. Gary Shaw-esque and just buries it. And then he goes over with the Vince McMahon swagger. In I'm front glad, of the I'm Pats. glad you credited Vince McMahon now. Credit the man who started it. Oh, yeah. Well, in, mind like I said, cats. in our world, in our rational 90s world, we know who started <laughs> that walk. Vince McMahon swaggering over to the Pat section because he'd been getting uh, a bit of dog's abuse and no better man to... To do it, I've actually I've watched this goal back uh, a number of times now. I love I love that Richie starts to move. I love Finn's cross. I when Finn is about to cross, I'm watching Richie make the run, and I love his timing. His off the ball movement is excellent. This is the one. This is the Richie we're talking about. This is the late run Richie that we're talking about. Made all those runs into the box in 2015, 2016. Scored 25 goals. He did this in Derry Prof. He started that goal off. The little flick over the top of the keeper. The little lob volley mm. that Trevor laid him on for. He started that off in the middle of the park when he sprayed the ball out. Out to the right-hand side. Made his late run in and then finished it off again. This is what we're talking about. Not known for his headers, is he? But no. uh, Finner chips it right onto the barn. <coughs> uh, he kept geez, he kept the media waiting after the game. Did he? He kept yeah. us waiting a long time. And then he comes up the tunnel and he goes, Sorry lads, I was doing the barn. Doing the barn. the barn. So then we got away with absolute murder with this Ferrugia pass back. Uh, Mulraney runs clear and it's one of those heart and melt moments. And was so, there, was somehow, there a moment with Serge? Somehow the ball at, creeps. At, at a Kai. The wrong right side of the ball. That post. was Serge. That was a... Uh, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want Paul McGrath at you over there. Oh, no. 
Um, so Serge, your man who scored against us and gave the big one in front of the south stand, <clears throat> he dribbles a ball wide with a one-on-one. I'm thinking to myself, right, this is the moment that the game changes. This is when we need to get up and, and get a hold of it. But, um, so, unfortunately, 84 minutes, prof. Go back to the Gary O'Neill tackle in the middle of the park, actually, right? Gary O'Neill made a tackle in the middle of the park. Beautiful. Hang it in the Louvre. Un- unbelievable tackle. And he got booked for it. <clears throat> he nearly slid into the dressing room. It was, it was a gorgeous tackle. Beautiful. Got the ball. Got the man. The ref gave me yellow. I couldn't believe it. And he was incensed. I've never seen him so angry. Brilliant, brilliant tackle. And let's just talk about the ref slightly. Oh, no. We're going to talk we about got, We're going to give him it. We're going he's he's going to get the smoke at the end. Do so, you know what uh, I suggest, actually? We need our own highlight package. We need highlights according to Tifties. Because how often the last few weeks have we talked about missed chances, tackles, yellow cards, and they're not in the highlights? There's someone out there that is mental enough to do a compilation of referee fuck-ups highlights are there for most of them three quarters of them and I guarantee you someone out there it'll be blatant like there's been a couple of really really poor calls Ryan LeGrew said he looked into that and he said uh, it's not the last two years it's not been LOI TV or Rovers choosing the highlights like it's the league choosing it who leaves out blatant decisions And he said he copped it when we won 1-0 I can't remember the team we were playing, but he said we battered them and we had four or five great chances, but it was presented as if it was a snatch and grab. I'm telling you, there's something going on there, man. Whoever the editor is, <clears throat> he has an affiliation. But So the equaliser, yeah, 84 minutes. McCormick. This, is, this was a topic of debate on the way home in the Parsons car. Was he at fault or not? Now, personally, I think he could have but I, there's a couple of angles you can look at, right? Was like, Leon at Jaden and Moya caught. Let's give them benefit of the doubt here, bro. Jaden and Moya called it a knuckleball, right? Which I didn't agree with them. They got grounded. So, <laughs> knuckleball, they said, and it swerved. I said, no, not a chance. I said, he could have shuffled over to the right, moved his feet quick, possibly could have caught it. Maybe a bit of a long shot. That might be a bit stretching it. But if you're going to. If you're going to palm out a shot like this, right, you're probably better off just putting it out for a corner and getting rid of the danger. Fair enough, you're going to concede a corner, but if that's the decision you're going to make and you're going to palm a ball out, if you can't do that and put it into the path of your own player, get rid of it and get rid of the danger. Especially Possibly, with such an ambitious shot like that, which didn't have much pace no or pace power on the it, ball. Nothing really, and you wanted the ground to swallow him up and... Um, it's a mistake it's, what it it's was. a mistake it is yeah. It's that's the way it is and we'll call it spade a spade and he should have handled it unfortunately but um, I love that response but Gareth we were, we were talking off air it's funny how how many times have we because we played Pats on Paddy's Day and it was pretty similar yeah. where they get a late equaliser and make it 2 all but then we actually had three chances to win that match remember Kenny, Kenny, Kenny had man. chances so this was the same, except this time we actually we took our chance. Yeah, it was a penalty. I know it was a brilliant performance, but, and it was showed real, real character. But we'll talk about. Well, it's just funny that <laughs> I don't know how you feel. Like I, I wouldn't call myself a pessimist by any means. But when you can see it in eighty-four minute, it's a sickener, and I'm like, oh, and I, and I, absolutely I, agree with you. And I'm thinking, I know, yeah, we're probably gonna get a chance. Yeah, but there's a feeling in me is like, oh, are we settling for a draw here now? Yeah, like I when I went in. I just sank to BC and I just thought, fuck. I was like, we are on a really good run here. 
and I'm thinking to myself, if we get it, like I'm not at six minutes, like I'm not expecting us to go and score. I'm like I'm confident that if we got a chance, we could possibly do it. But I'm mm. thinking in the larger, grander scheme of things, they're gonna set up, they're gonna try and get a point, they're gonna sit back, they're gonna close up shop. But I will say I loved Brad's sub. Noticed Gaffney wasn't playing well, took him off, took a chance, and I was thinking to myself, our style of play doesn't it changes when Gaffney goes off and Kenny comes on, we're a different team. Came on and did you see how well he did for the lead up to the goal? See how strong he was? Held yeah. the ball off. Richie Tell lays it off to Tell. Tell cracking shot. And then Kenny's following it in. Kenny wins the penalty. He now, made himself a nuisance. Now, uh, Gareth <clears> said on commentary, Tell was the driving force. From the moment we conceded that goal for the six minutes plus stoppage time, Tell was the driving force in everything we did. Yeah. <laughs> like it was his shot, like you say, for the, the lead to the penalty. Kenny is brought down. How is this not a red card? Oh, listen, it's a, it's a, he's about to tap it in, and then he gets, he gets like there was so. He wasn't booked. We'll, we'll, Did you, do you know that? Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, he was wasn't nuts. given a yellow card. Couldn't believe for that. it. We only found out afterwards. So we're looking at the bizarre decision. So obviously the whistle was blown before Jack Bourne strokes at home. But here's the thing: as a referee, you need to be aware of your surroundings. I'm not a ref prof, but we've watched football long enough to know that. You have to be aware of your surroundings and you have to be able to look around and say, okay, this is a major chance here. The ball is breaking. I've noticed the foul, but it's potential for uh, advantage. I thought all refs did that. He didn't do it. He saw the foul and he blew it straight away. I thought all refs take a moment, especially like that, like you're describing, where the ball could just be tapped in. Yeah, so he just brought it back. Should have booked him. Should have been I've heard the two sides of the argument. Here's another argument that came from one of the one of the chats this came from a, a referee uh, a referee friend of a friend or whatever he said for me the ref has to give the penalty it's next to near impossible to give an advantage in the box for a penalty decision if Jack Byrne misses that Pats have an argument to say the ref played the advantage and, and Roberts didn't didn't capitalise on yeah, it yeah 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 very much so good yeah. point very good point yeah but either way I think he got it wrong and yeah so Jack puts it in uh, ref <coughs> says no penalty already pointed to it no, like, and like we said with no designated penalty taker uh, upstairs Richie nobody was taking this off Richie. pressure on his shoulders yeah. don't forget how many penalties Richie took for Dundalk as well and he's been practicing like you said but one yeah. thing about Brazzer as well I want to say that the belief that he is instilled in this team is unbelievable they believe that they just ha- I love how calm they are and how much they trust themselves in the process Bradzer always says that like you'd see him when we can see it he'll just be like okay Nothing changes. Trust the process. Believe in what we're doing. It works. It's proven. Three league titles and a cup. It is proven that it works. Trust it. And we trusted it that night. And it worked. So Tell grabs the penalty. No no one's taking this off. Mm. First time in a while I've watched the penalty through my hands. <laughs> and through the gap in my fingers. Yeah. And I'm just thinking. The, to me this was the most intense penalty since yeah. Ilves in Europe I think. Jeez, remember that? That was intense, man, on the wall. But yeah, so Richie grabs it and he strokes a home bottom left corner and continues to shit house the whole stand at St. Pat's with. So we got uh, three celebrations. I think he was taking the piss out of his own funny run. He did the funny <laughs> run, the chop, and he was doing that. And then he did the airplane, which was total shit housery at its finest. That I was, love how the players are. Tr- Finn was trying to hug him and he's just pushing him away. He's, he's like, no, no, do just, the airplane. Just keeps going and yeah. going and going. Runs half the pitch with the airplane. Oh, man. So we got a Vince McMahon, we got a stomp, we got an airplane. We got a funny run. We got everything. Absolutely brilliant. Um, 
and oh, mayhem in the south stand. A lot of people said it was subdued, but I thought it was one of the better, more compact performances from the south stand. It got going maybe sixty minutes, a little bit more, and it looked more full. And the celebrations were reminiscent of old East stand celebrations, where the whole stand is full, nothing's meshed off. I love that. That has to mm-hmm. continue. No meshing at the front. It's much better. You can run around, you can do a little dance. Brilliant stuff. Probably a few times this season, the atmosphere in the South Stand and in general has been unreal at the end of the game. Yeah. Because a number of home games this season, we've been chasing it to equalise or get a winner. I know a lot of people saying felt the atmosphere was actually crap. Yeah, it was um, a little bit off at the start, but listen, it's a Monday puff. Just on the referee, we said we would come back to it. Um, the worst one the, for me was the McClellan, McClelland, Centenarian. <laughs> the the McClelland cross whips across in totally, totally over hit. Finner ushers it out. Goes to take the throw in. Ref points the other way. I think, why would he let that ball go out? If he didn't take... Is didn't this t- the one on the main stand side? No, this is the, there was one on the main stand that's side. That's what I'm getting. one on the east stand. Oh, okay. Ball's whipped in. Finner just lets it go out. Goes to take control and ref says no other way. I'm like, are you for real? It was a massive whipped in cross that touched no one. And I went to a play and he gave the other way. I couldn't believe it. Baffled. And then what I'm talking about is on the main sand side. We're clearing the ball near the touchline. Takes a big deflection off a pass player's oh, shoulder or back. And I'm my jaw drops. As I was going mental. And I'm like... Are you for real? Do you not understand physics? Why would the ball suddenly go in that yeah, direction? Yeah. It honestly it baffled me. There were so many poor decisions on both sides. I Damian McGrath, wasn't it? It was, yeah. I, I genuinely just couldn't believe how poor he was. It was it was one of the most it was the most bizarre performance I've ever seen from a ref. Like in bizarre. The, in the Damian game we were full of praise for the ref because he let the game flow whereas in this game he was just letting everything go letting all the fouls go I'm like would you just blow up for something yeah I I was, when was the first yellow I think it was pretty <clears throat> either late in the first half or early second half but. a few crazy crazy calls it really was it really was poor um, I like this from uh, the gent he said from that sickening feeling from the equaliser and Pat's fans singing you're not singing anymore to the euphoria of us singing it back to them. I fucking love this game. It, it Like I said, Prof, the contrast of emotions makes the emotions. It just, it's, you can't get it anywhere else. It's an addiction. You're hooked on it. You know, it's a fucking brilliant feeling. And I shouldn't be, like I said, I'm, I shouldn't be surprised that we came back and got the winner. This team has done it so many times. Yeah, we're not surprised. We're just, sometimes you can be just, when it comes to I don't know mm. common sense six minutes yeah. left in the game sometimes you're just thinking ah it's our chance lost but we came back and we did a prof we aren't doubting the team we're just and I was making I was making comparisons to get to the past game and Paddy's day because that was two all late in the game as well but another difference than that was do you remember Brazier made subs that we didn't agree with we found yep. them quite defensive yeah and we... then Pat's equalised and it was it was a few minutes later as well we were we... shocked at that actually do you remember yeah. In this case, we had six minutes left, and as you say, you liked this Kenny sub. Yeah, definitely. And Tell just turned it on. Well, he had a great game. He was man of the match. Big shout out to Ronald Finn as well. Ronald Finn, Finn was brilliant. 
And he's not even been in the team. He had his first performance, his first appearance against Pats away, am I right? And um, mm-hmm. came in and just it was unbelievable. He just turned back the th- he turned back the clock, chasing down opposition players. Just always standing ovation from the south stand as well. Yeah, always get a hundred percent from. Unbelievable. So really, really um, happy with it. Uh, Full time prof. Um, never in doubt. Never in doubt. Prof. Brilliant stuff. Six two on a record Monday attendance and Tala were breaking records again. Yeah, so that puts <coughs> us uh, two points ahead of Derry and Bowes. Bowes actually third on goal difference. And that was six wins in a row for us. And we've won nine out of our last ten. Yeah, we've been brilliant, man. It's um, been brilliant to watch. Our best run was five wins in a row in 2022. And our best 2021 sequence was seven. Seven. So we're trying to match our 2021 yeah. one. And also another year for St. Pascal. Still no league win in Tala since 2016. And they've taken the lead against us a few times. I've noticed yeah. something I've noticed. And I'm including Richmond in this stat now. Fifth time in three seasons we've gone behind against them. And we've won four of those, including the President's Cup and penalties. What did you text me saying? You're saying, oh, we always go behind against Pats. <laughs> we do that. Don't worry. It's funny. Don't worry. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, Prof, great stuff. Anyway, and another brilliant, brilliant night in Tala, entertaining football. 31 goals in nine games, I think it is. That's it, yeah. And just <clears throat> just one on Richie, actually. Uh, Late run, Richie, Prof. That's only Richie's... Oh, sorry, that's only our second brace of the season. Berkey at home to UCD... The only other player to score two. And it's Richie Tell's first brace for us. And it's his first in his career no. since oh. October 2015 for the dock against Brace. He didn't do it in England. No way. No, he's, he changed him into a different type of player. He already. This is already Richie's highest scoring season since Rotherham four goals in 2018-19. Ah, yeah. He's flying. He's back to Richie Tell. We hated and loathed his back. Were we talking about the the um, the entertainment of the games? Does this also say something about the quality in the league? The fact that Sligo and Pats came to Tala and gave us that sort of game. I think so. I think it's also young coaches being um, brave and exploring and saying, right, well, and having that bit of pride and saying, I'm not going to come here and try and dig out a draw. I believe in my own philosophy and I'm going to go and try and win here. That's what football is all about, trying to win matches. I think that's what it is. Are you having brave young coaches exploring with their tactics and it's just bringing the league on tenfold. It's class. We were so impressed with Sligo, but then, of course, they went and lost 3 0 home to Shelburne. Yeah, they're all over the shop, man. Yeah. Um, Someone recorded a video of the winning penalty from the hotel, uh, the Maldron. Why wasn't he at the game? That's what out, I was out their window. I was thinking he's a Crystal Palace easy holder. Like, why, why didn't he go to the game? Yeah. Uh, Figura said, if Jack isn't in the next Ireland squad, Kenny should be sectioned. Um, I think I agree with that. Yeah, so that was so. it, Prof. But Ward got out after the game. Rovers being in discussions with Ireland international goalkeeper Kieran Westwood. So we're not sure how definite and solid that is, but it's pos- It's Let's be honest, we need <clears throat> we need a bit of experience there to tide us over until Big Al is back. And once again, you don't know if Big Al is going to be back. Touch wood, he could possibly have a setback. This is just so spitballing here and having a chat. Not putting any omens or jinxes on anyone, but you never know. We do need that bit of experience and quality that doesn't exist within the league. And it's not possible to kind of pick up at the time being now. So we're going to have to look at this option. 
I'm not sure what the rules are. On I saw somebody say that you're not even allowed to sign somebody in a Emergen- short term deal. Emergency signing or something like that. You no, as in you're allowed, not allowed to sign somebody for just two months. It has to be until really the end of the season. No, yeah, no, the, you could be right. Yeah, Bob, in the correction that, but uh, Westwood's 38 hasn't played since leaving QPR at the end of last season. But obviously. Ireland is a national goalkeeper he's been training with crew keeping himself in good shape okay there's also you've had a Polish goalkeeper in trial uh, I don't know anything about him but yeah like you're talking about Manus could get injured again yeah I, I think we had Manus and Westwood until November if the season was extended that far again you yeah. know with, if we were in a group stage I'd say what they're looking at is Westwood on 18 months Coming in for the rest of the season, replacing Al, and giving us that extra little bit of time to actually find a replacement again, which I'm sure they're flat out doing. I don't think it will be 18 months. No, I think so. The word was described as a short-term deal. Yeah, no. You wouldn't know, but it depends. Like, it Does depends that, on what they look at. You know, They could look at it and say, months, this will give months. us more time to actually get a proper replacement. Maybe McGinty's time is up at fucking Oxford or wherever he is because he hasn't played in weeks. 15 weeks, I think it is now. We um, have signed players on... Short term deals before. If you look at Michael Neal in 2011, Ricketts, Ricketts, Patterson, Patterson, Brush, they were brought in September just for the group stages. Yep. Um. Yeah. So that is it. An eventful night, Prof, and some rumors coming out. But the Tifties hotline, we've seven callers. Um. We have the questions are as follows: so Are you calm or worried after a bad run of results? And your Rovers friends or family, who's the biggest panicker? Biggest panicker out of our extended family, you could say, is Mark Turner. <laughs> Panics like fuck, and he's hilarious. Um, but then afterwards he says no I was never panicking yeah I'm calm I'm calm enough we're yeah. both calm we kind of trust the process where it's kind of been instilled into us by Bradzer so I think we not- only have to go back to our episodes in 2017 to see that we're pretty calm yeah that was some that was some dodgy was times great. I think Jason Maloney's a bit of a panicker as well possibly more so superstitious superstitious more than anything um, I think what Maloney does is he he likes to think the worst so then afterwards he It's can, not as bad. He can feel great about that himself. Is him nailed on. <laughs> nailed on. No, he's making a lot of, he's making a lot of sense <clears throat> in what he's saying. But yeah, he can he can be a bit over the top, but yeah. but it's funny then when things go well and uh, you know. Um aside from Jack Ford, the obvious choice, who do you think has been Brad's best signing from twenty nineteen to twenty twenty three? Um Pico Lopez. Is, is it well, that's a very specific question there. See, 2019 to 2023. Pico's before Pico that, was he? 2017. 2017, yeah. Uh, somebody actually did pe- pick Pico, so didn't read the question properly. So, 2019 to 2023. Or so, most. you're talking about your Gary O'Neill's, Frugia, Scales, McIniff, Danny Mandroyu. So, we're excluding Jack Byrne because he'd be the obvious one. I'm going to say O'Neill. O'Neill's been mm-hmm. transformed into a boss in the middle of the park. Gary O'Neill, definitely for me. Um... <clears throat> which player from these five seasons has not fulfilled their potential oh god this could be potentially harsh probably. someone picked Cotter on this that's probably yeah. probably a fair show Barry Cotter yeah possibly um, um, oh god I'm going to have to think about that one prof. Uh, do you think Liam Bort would be like a new signing when he gets fit and injury free well, he is a new signing <laughs> people fell into the trap there Th- thank you to uh to Mark actually <coughs> who gave us the correct answer yep. because this was a deliberately stupid question put <laughs> yeah. into the hotline the answer is he is, he is a new signing my thoughts on Liam Board is that he is being prepped and primed to be fully fit 
for the second half of the season in Europe. That's what I think we're going to go with. Yeah. And he's not. They're not going to take a chance. There's no point because we have players there that can fill the void. So they're so not. They're not going to go with that. Somebody actually said that in our group, and then I was in the members <clears throat> bar. I think it was before the balls game, and it was two lads who I recognise them, but oh, what, I'm not sure their names. And they actually had this conversation. It was like, oh, I think he'll be like a new signing. And I just burst out laughing. <laughs> Away day is favourite and least favourite ground. Um, favourite? No, let's separate the ground from the trip. Right? So, for me, it has to be, be Torrance Cross. Torrance Cross is a great ground. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that now. Great stand. Yeah. Good. Yeah, it has to be Torrance Cross. Because it's, it's a good view. Everything. It has a toilet. Only as of recently. Only as of recently. When we started the show, they didn't have a time. And we, made, we did a full section on it. Yeah, we did a yeah. full se- a piece on it. It's the best away ground, turns across, yeah. Um, I can't think about it. Yeah. I, I enjoy Sligo as a trip in general. Obviously, probably Galway would be my favourite. When they come back, Galway will replace Cork as my yeah. favourite. I like a big deep stand with a, a, a echoey roof. Uh, least favourite, Oriel and probably the ball. The ball. Well, the ball for how sleepy yeah, and pre- sleepy, the pre-friendly. sleepy ball and Oriel because it's shit. But Oriel gains points because of shit house mm-hmm. in the stand. Um, funniest supporters bus drive up. Nothing we can say on air, so that's getting skipped. I think the Galway game <laughs> in twenty seventeen, the two late Shawsy goals, the pitch invasion, Joe's in the dress. Tommy thought it was a draw. That that summed it up. That's still the best. I Tommy think. thought it was a draw. <laughs> uh, Finn Harps, I think, taking Torrance to hold the the door closed because it's snapped off, and we had a bike pulley, so everyone's like, right, who's up next? Hold the door closed. <laughs> Uh, added some 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 great stories and they, they just can't think of them at the time but um, lookalike shouts we did that one before prof um, do you follow a team other than Rovers and how often do you travel over to see them now we I like Roma I like I like keeping an eye on our affiliates uh, a, a little bit yeah. of tinge towards Man United you and I went all and travelled once yeah yeah nil all oh, one nil one nil actually one nil Louis Saha Louis Saha um, no no real I don't follow anyone as much as I follow Rovers put it that way I keep an eye out for results. I like Dortmund. I like what they're about. I like Frankfurt. You know, things like that. But other than that, no, I don't follow anyone like a follower over. So what's the best and worst meal you've had so far this year? I'm going to have to say, I'm going to have to give the wife a bit of a, a, a bit of a, she, she's a fantastic cook. Every meal is the best meal from my wife. The worst one was probably just, um, God, that's a tricky one, man. Well, the worst is easy for me. It's, uh, it's when they had a, a temporary chef in work and the absolute slop Grill. he served up. He gave me the single-handed worst hash brown I've not hash brown fan anyway. ever seen. I'd be rejecting the hash brown. I had one bite into it and thought, that is the worst thing I've <laughs> ever eaten. This is you. You were honing in on this. You wanted to make a point, didn't you? But you know what? Actually, the most disappointing meal I have, I've had this year was early in the year. I was at a nice Italian restaurant and I had risotto, and I was expecting to really enjoy it, and I hated it. <sighs> you built yourself up, and you got torn down, prof. Maybe it's just my taste buds. I don't know, but I didn't like it. Yeah, maybe it wasn't done well. Mm. Um, I can't think of any bad meals I've had now, but no, I do. I do. I love the wife's cooking. She keeps she keeps me happy. I might get Be- some brownie points here. Best meal. Best well, you, meal. You said you, you said. Um, yeah, I'll talk outside of restaurant. Home, then. Restaurant was. I'll say. Oh man, top of my head. I can't think of anywhere I've been recently. Do you know what? JD Steakhouse. I love a JD Steakhouse and they do an amazing steak. 
and it's it's just really enjoyable. Nice bottle of Argentinian Malbec prof but a culture. Uh, yeah, I'd say that's it. I haven't really been out for meals recently. More so drinking in the fucking pub. I blame my wife. She, I'd be like, yeah, come on, we go, Michigan. I'm going go for a few drinks. You end up just eating fucking wings and shit, you know. <clears throat> Four pros opening a new kitchen. Four pros opening the kitchen, prof, and they have mad shows on up. I think fucking Riverdance carry on and everything. So keep an eye out for that. And prof, your boy is starting. Learn how to be a barman. So I'm starting in the provs. I'll be. Do you know what? Actually, I might actually host a night while I'm working in it. I might get rover, all the rowers lads down. So I will be starting in July. You'll see me pulling points. You'll see me behind the bar, changing kegs, cracking jokes, petting dogs. Um, most We're working down your way in the working world from I'm post manager down <laughs> to barman. Of a month off, right? Lowly barman. I want to. I'll get out of the house more than that <laughs> but I'm there in the bar anyway I could give a hand and tell it if it comes down to it I'll be trained it'll be all good that's what I said start me at the bottom give me the slops clean the jacks doing everything all that stuff I want to learn every inch of the bar trade um, punchable face most punchable face in your opinion uh, I'd love to punch your man that was jumping in all the photos Shane Ross is it Oh, the former politician the minister for Transport. He's very punchable, yeah. Hundred percent. Him or Brad Carrier. Leo is more not punchable. He's more pushed down a hill. I, you know, if you're walking and there's like a, an opportunity <laughs> to push someone, or if you bent down behind them and I pushed them while you were, you know, and he fell over you. That's what I'd like to do with him. Embarrass him more than anything. But well, you know what? I was only going to say we're not promoting violence here in TFTs. You can have a punchable face yeah. without actually punching someone. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Probably because of during COVID and all those press conferences and the, the what was the behind closed doors and all those announcements. I just became sick of looking at his face. I know I was familiar with all the stupid contortions. Smarmy, isn't he? Do you know and who, the nasal voice? Yeah, the nasal voice is one thing yeah. that, that can, like another thing as well. I don't condone this at all, but I feel like I want to bully Simon Harris. <laughs> I want to bully him. You know what I mean? I want to go over and give him nuggies and fucking kick him. Kick him in the shin. I just look at him and think, you fucking little weasel. But I'm not a bully. I'm not condoning bullying. But that's a hypothetical. And one man who, I don't want to hit him, but has anyone ever seen Sinn Féin, TD, Owen O'Brien and McDerra Ferris in the same room? <laughs> at the same yeah, time. They, yeah, they both have the cool circle glasses. <laughs> um... Are you worried about artificial intelligence taking your job one day? Well, it pos- prof, you have to understand, it's currently taking our jobs as we speak. This massive machine that we operate every single day that processes 100 to 150,000 items every single day, Prof, via a massive computer that has artificial intelligence and reads your addresses and then digitally puts it into the boxes it's supposed to go to. So it is a bit... It's actually a fascinating machine and it's, <clears throat> it's really, really high-tech. So that you could say has taken jobs and created them at the same time um, I watched Prime Time about it and I want to watch that actually it's 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 kind of scary like the, I keep talking about that thing you told me about the capture where it hired humans to finish oh, the capture yeah. that's that's scary now that's that's that freaky. is terrifying yeah so I think once it takes over yeah no it is but it is it definitely is gonna um, I think a, a fellow colleague of mine said that 17 years and then we'll be all obsolete and on post so hopefully it doesn't go down that road um, where did you come up with the number 17 I don't know it's a random number and that's why I call bullshit on it but then I started to think I was like that could happen so yep 
Okay, so um, up next we have the Tifties Hotline. Hotline. This is Jimmy O'Kelly. Thanks for having me on. Uh, in regards to the bad end running results, I would say now I don't worry because I'm happy with what Brad's are saying at the moment. And I think my father-in-law is the biggest panicker because he never shuts up even if we're winning 5 nil. In regards to the best signing, I would say Aaron McIniff. I would say Liam Bort in regards of because we're going into Europe, it'd be a fresh person to have coming through. Sorry lads, I missed question three. In regards to the person who hasn't fulfilled themselves, I would say Ferruja because of his injuries. My favourite ground would be probably Cork. My least favourite, Oriel. And my funniest moment would have been a trip to Athlone, where I was caught on CCTV, having to piss in a bucket at the side of a shop. Another team I've taken an interest in is Leeds, but I don't get over there often. In regards to lookalikes, I've been told I look like George Sampoli, who's the manager of Flamingo in Brazil. Yeah. Best and worst meal, I think best meal is probably everything my wife makes, and worst meal is waiting on Ray's curries to come back. I, told, I don't take much interest in the politics, but one name that comes to mind is Leo Vradkar. In regards to the last question, I would say I'm in the printing industry and it won't be long before robots is doing my job. Thanks, lads, for getting me involved. I'm glad to give the answers to the questions. Hi, my name is Darren Cullen. I think myself and my friends have learned to remain composed even when the team go on a bad stretch of results. I think there's great depth in the squad and I think Brad's are with the experience he has can sit down, analyse the games and how he can rectify his mistakes. I'd have to say, I think Rory Gaffney has been one of our best signings since he signed in 2020 in the past few years. I think he's very clinical and composed on the ball. His hold-up play is great and he's a great finisher of the ball also. I think a player who hasn't lived up to his expectation since coming back from England in 2021 is Richie Tell. We all know how good of a player Richie is. And since coming back from England, he just hasn't hit form yet. Even though we slowly find a bit of form now at the minute. I think Liam Bird would be a great addition to the squad when he comes back from injury. We all know how good of a player Bird is and the impact he can have on the squad. I think it will be more competition for the midfield as well. People fighting for their places in the team. My least favourite way trip would have to be Oriel Park and Dundalk. It's just a fucking kip. No toilets. The stand is a dump. Uh, my favourite way trip would have to be Bowes in Dublin. Who doesn't love a Dublin derby in Daly Mount Park? Especially when Rovers win, the atmosphere just be electric. Uh, my favourite away trip outside of Dublin will be going to Sligo, the showgrounds. Um, I think there's a great atmosphere created in the stands. And it's always great seeing a match in the Battle of the Rovers. Uh, my funniest memory would have to be going to Dundalk in the 2019-2020 season. The bus pulled into the service station at Castleblaney as we do as usual for a piss stop. And half the fans went in to get food in Burger King. When we came out, the bus had pulled off. And we were all running after the bus with our Burger King in our hands. Lucky enough to attract the attention of the driver to get the stop. Um, when I'm not supporting Rovers, uh, my second team is Man United. I'm a season ticket holder in Old Trafford. 
and I try to travel over there as much as I can, usually between six and ten games a season. Um, I get told I look like Connor Murray, the Irish rugby player. Other than that, I don't think anyone else I look like. Ed, the worst meal I think I've had this year would have to be pork chops. If I see him pork chops on the table for dinner, I just ring a takeaway straight away. Um, my favourite food would have to be Chinese food. Any sort of Chinese food I'd give a go to, to be honest. Um, there's a, well, let's face it, all politicians are fucking ticks. Um, you love to just punch them in the face. I think Eamon Ryan and Stephen Donnelly would be the ones for me. That if I could punch anyone, I'd punch them too. Um, I don't think I have any fear of artificial intelligence taking my job. At the minute, I'm working as an undertaker, and I don't think AI will be able to do what I do at the minute. I do think we lose a lot of jobs in the future, though, due to AI. Um, with all robots and things being able to do what humans do these days, and the cheaper cost of labour as well. Hey, this is Veronica Bourne, and here are the my answers to the questions that I got. Um, so, uh, question one. I'm calm after the recent run of results. Um, I mean, getting wrote off after five games, still a lot of ball to be played. It's a long time between now and November, you know. Uh, I should look where we are now, back where we belong. Without a shadow of a doubt, the best signing, in my opinion, have been Norway Gaffney. Chap is unreal. Controversial and don't at me, but uh, I think uh, Richie uh, hasn't fully lived up to his potential. Just my opinion, you know, but um, it was good the end of last season. Doing well this season. Had a whopper game against Bowles, but overall I don't think uh, he's fully achieved his potential yet. I think Liam uh, will be a good uh, signing. If you like a, a new player, please God. Once we get him, in, once we get him injury free, there's nothing, play, nothing better than taking their players and turning them into proper pros. Look at Pico. Favorite ground, Turner's Cross. Always has been. Just love the crack down there. Least favorite, uh, or real other brandy well for obvious reasons. Those plastic pitches are so dangerous and they've more bounced than Zebedee and seriously are going to end a player's career one of these days. Uh, funniest, funniest, well, this is my coming up to my 10-year anniversary going to Rover, so I'm still a relative blow-in. Um, but uh, I remember one time we were, we were on our way to Athlone. We stopped at Milltown Pass and uh, myself and Emma Dunning were in a garage and we... I've had one too many fizzy drinks on the way down, so I've had to use the toilet, you know. So ran over to this garage and holy Jesus, as I would like something from Deliverance. Like, don't mind China, that's where COVID really starts. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like I looked at Emma and was like, what the fuck is this? Uh, I was like, don't sit down, don't touch that fucking towel. And you know, we just, it's hilarious, we can laugh about it now, but uh, manky. Uh, I'm reared on Manchester United for me since, uh, but no, I'd never go over. A celebrity look, look like me. Uh, <laughs> no, um, do I look like a celebrity? No. Shrek, maybe. <laughs> Best meal, fish and chips and Jack Whites on the way home to Gorley. Honest to God, top of the pots. Portions are massive. Um, just really, really good. Worse was some horrible high protein chicken tikka masala thing. Absolutely rotten. 
Ah, oh, Jesus, I can only pick one politician. Because uh, without saying Leo the Leak, really so. Um, it's just a face only a mother could love. <laughs> no, I'm not worried about this because uh, I work with a lot of people who are already artificially intelligent, shall we say. So uh, I'm safe enough. <laughs> Brian Borg. Um, am I calm? Yeah, I'm calm after a game. I get wound up during the game. But when you, you've been around looking at football as long as I have, uh, poor results uh, don't really bother me because we know how really good uh, Stephen Bradley's team is at the moment. Have we got a panicker? Paddy Daly's a bit of a panicker. But um, most of the lads really go to matches with. We've seen her all before. Um, Brazzers best signing has to be Pico Lopez. Uh, we saw him when he was playing for Bowes. He was really good centre half, and he's come on in leaps and bounds. Fabulous player, and you notice the difference when he isn't there. Um, I'm just looking at these questions. Uh, the lad that hasn't reached his potential. Probably, um, it's hard to say whether he hadn't reached his potential or he just couldn't be fit in. But Brandon Cavanaugh, I thought, was a great player for us. He's still reasonably well up in Derry. I don't think he's getting that many games, but he was last season. In fact, he got player of the month up there a couple of times. Um, as for Liam Bort, yeah, he'll fit in. We were watching him. Um, we were sort of hoping he'd go for Ali Coote as well as uh, Liam Bort. But yeah, I think he will fit in. But we haven't really seen any of them with Rovers. So I'm a balls last season. Um, Favourite and least favourite ground. I love Turner's Cross. I think it's a great ground. Good facilities. My least favourite is Oriel Park, to be honest with you. None of us will go there anymore. And we go to, well, I won't say all the getaway games, but we go to most of them. Um, as for going up in supporters buses, um, we don't do that anymore. Uh, somebody drives a car. And some of us are old enough to get um, free travel on the train. So, um, there's funniest, I don't know, there's that many funny stories. The worst when we used to go on the bus was coming home. A two-hour journey going there, or a two-and-a-half-hour journey going there, it'd take us five-and-a-half hours coming home, and you all know why. Um, probably why we don't go on the buses anymore. I don't follow really any other team, but we do travel a lot in the close season, uh, mostly to Spain and Portugal. Uh, been to Germany too, occasionally to the UK, but not really interested in English football. And Scottish football is very poor. Um, probably one of our favourite away trips would be to go and see Porto in Portugal or uh, Sporting Club de Portugal. Uh, really enjoy that. But what we're always looking for um, between sort of November and February is to find a place where Football's good, we can get a ticket. And the weather's good as well. Um, do you get any lookalike look shouts? Not really, not anymore, but I used to. Um, when I was a young man um, and with a young family, um, we used to travel to Northern Ireland on a regular basis because we had friends up there. And um, I was right in the middle of the Troubles. And believe it or not, I was the spitting image of Jerry Adams. I've stopped that many times 
one night it took us five and a half hours to get from Dublin to Port Stewart. People were up the wall and it was every checkpoint of any sort. Everybody saw me and immediately thought I was Jerry Adams. Then it stopped once they had a chat with me. The accent was a tad different. Oh, oh like kicking the face or punching the face or whatever. Or his politician. I don't really go for punching people in the face, but for Adkar, just get up me nose. <laughs> am, I, am I worried about artificial intelligence? Uh, no, not worried about it at all. Taking my job, well, as I'm retired now, quite a number of years, artificial intelligence or artificial stupidity can have my job, I don't mind. Um, that's about it. I hope you're happy with that. Talk to you again. Hi, Shane O'Dwyer here. Um, thanks for having me on, lads. So, calm or worried, I would be always calm. Um, you've got to trust the process. It has won us three leagues and one cup. So, that's what I would be thinking. Um, probably Keith would be... My uh, my brother Keith would be the biggest warrior panicker I would, think, I would know because he always worries when we play it across the back. But if you just got to trust the process... Best signing would be Gary O'Neill, um, calmness personified. Anytime he gets the ball, you know he's going to do something good with it. Not filled potential, probably Neil Farouja. She turns into Bambi and Ice when he gets into the the opposition's penalty area. Um, Liam Bort, like a new signing, yes, from the little bits I've seen of him in Sligo. So hopefully he stays injury free and he can just shut up those Bowls fans that are laughing at him. Away day is definitely Finn Park. Always a nice welcome. Least would be Chernobyl, Oriel Park. How someone hasn't gotten seriously injured up there is just unreal. Funniest story would have to be Galway away in the Cup 2019. So I um, had a bottle of Captain Morgan's on the way down. And then a few whiskeys, a few points. It's never going to end well. So I end up in Stephen's arms twice on the pitch. Um, I get a bet up, both teams to score and Rovers to win, got a few quid, so I'm walking down to the hotel, the Menlo, where I thought the bus was, realised it wasn't there, then I had to work out how I was going to find it, because I had no phone, it was dead, so I had to remember Stephen's number, so then I did, somehow, using Vinnie Collins' phone, thanks to Vinnie, I managed to locate Stephen and the bus, and realised was back up the pitch. So, sad to say, I don't uh, drink on the bus again. Believe it or not, I was actually one of the ones running the bus that day. So, there you go. Another funny story was probably Limerick away. Yeah, I was going away for, for a couple of weeks, holidays. So, I was out there being having a few a few too many, you should say. It was Borgie's last game. It was Limerick 2018, I think it was, before he joined Preston. So he scores. One minute I'm standing beside Derek Kelly. Next I'm not. I'm about two rows down. So there you go. Um, following another team. Um, Hibs in Edinburgh. I've been over a few times. Always a lovely welcome from Charlie and Neil. Um, Davey and the girls Jill and Tracy. And the funny about that one is Steve, my brother, turns into a Scotsman for the weekend. And one of the last times he turned into a Pakistani Scotsman. So... It's always funny when you go over there. Um, look like celeb. So I wouldn't be a celeb in any shape or form, but he's a kind of gangster. 
His name is Paul Rice. So if you want to Google his picture, he's got a phone in his hand and a yellow top on. So once you look at it and look at me, you kind of think, well, that's unbelievable. It's hard to unsee me. He actually did own a house in Kilimanjaro at that time um, when this was, all the stuff was going on. So safe to say, I went around with a cap around me, on me for a duration. Um, best male would be a Cody Ideal. Boy, yes, with that. Um, wars would probably be something my Mrs. Cooks. She seems to incinerate it, but you have to say it's lovely because she'll probably end up wearing it. Politician with most pungible face. I've only got about seven minutes, so. There's a many of them. Michael Martin and Eamon Ryan springs to mind that certainly deserves you slaps. Um, artificial intelligence taking my job. No, I'll be long gone, so I'm not even worried about that. Um, so that's the answers to all the questions. Just finally, I'd like to uh, just give my Sabaris Club, Gary Twig, Sabaris Club, a little plug. Um, run the bus to Cork if anyone wants is interested and needs a seat. Just contact the page. Apologies for the little cheeky plug, but listen, we need to fill these buses. So keep on helping, and we'll see us around Tala and, and many, many rounds. Thanks, lads. Craig Giltrop, yeah, on to Thursday's Hotline. Thanks for the lads for having me on again. Um, just going off the questions that the lads have sent me. Um, I would say after the bad run results, I was slightly worried. Not over the fact that I didn't think the team could pull it around, it was just more the fact of I do worry sometimes about when we start off bad and you see a lot of teams like Derry who've brought in well, how we'd react to that then. But obviously, like we've turned it around now on top of the league. Like, um, out of my family and friends that were over, so it was the biggest panic. Probably myself or a mate of mine that I just made in college this year, Jack Doyle, uh, the two of us go back and forth at games that were not uh, just seeing oh well where could this go especially even with when Al went off in Derry seeing Leon come on he had faith that Leon did well in what he did I just saw Alan go off and immediately thought that the game's over um, in my opinion Bradley's best son from 2019 until now is probably Gary O'Neill if not Gary O'Neill probably Dan Cleary because the two lads are colossal like you couldn't pick a Rovers team without picking the two at the minute. Like, um, before that, obviously you could name people like Finar Pico, uh, Big Al as well. Like in 2018, but from that period of 2020 to 2023, I'd have to go with uh, Gary O'Neill or Dan Cleary because the two of them are Reese Marshall would be a player in the past five seasons that I think hasn't fulfilled that potential. He started off so well. Obviously, it was the COVID year as well. But it um, started off amazingly and just whatever happened, just we never really saw him really. After that he didn't really play to the standard that he looked like he was when he started off, even that goal in Waterford in his first or second game for the club. He was fucking great like and just never fulfilled it and then went back up north after that year. I don't think Liam Bortle will be like a new sign when he comes back from fitness and like when he gets fully fit and he's injury free purely for the fact that I've seen him a bit with balls at the end of last year and like he didn't look the same player that he was when all of us were ranting and raving over him and like balls lads were saying oh yeah well you just have this have that but Waverley and Borden Ali Coote like he doesn't seem like he's at that level but I could be proven wrong in that do you get me 
Um, my favourite away days would be Sligo and Harps, just for the crack that's going from Dublin. Up to Donegal or out to Sligo, like there is great crack there. The least favourite away ground, definitely Oriel. Like uh, it's an absolute World War II trench in that place for an away end. I wouldn't even call it an away end, it's just a shithole. Like. Um, the funniest memory I've had on the sports club was, was probably that coming, I gone down to Waterford the day when the fireworks went off, that was good enough. Or uh, probably funnier than that was us coming home from Ariel last year, I think it was either nil all or one all. And a lad in the bus trying to convince us that a draw against them up in Ariel felt like a loss. And that was a loss, it was worse than getting a loss up there. A draw, which had gained us one point, is better, is worse than a loss, which we'd got nothing in. Um, outside of the Rovers, we'd follow Leeds and Roma. Unfortunately, I haven't been able to get either outside of it, but I would really love to go in the future. I think I'm looking probably next year, me and me hopefully going over for a game in Ellen Road because he's who got me into Leeds and my granda. And then um, Roma, I just, Francesco Totti made me fall in love with the club. And I really want to go over and see again. Um, not myself personally. I wouldn't have any lookalike shouts. Like, not that we think of. And anyways, um, we have a lad in college, another Rovers fan, that we'd say looks a bit like Darren Nugent. And other times when you look at me, you'd say he's like Kulusevski off Tottenham. Uh, the best and worst meal I've had so far this year. Best probably a Sunday roast that I had one of the weeks. Like, worst is probably a scrambled egg that I've tried to do myself just didn't pan out well and probably should have been just thrown out if I'm going to be completely honest with you um, in my opinion who's the most Walrish politician has the most punchable face um, Faradka um, is definitely up there 100% he's up there there's another chap I can't remember his name now it's Dave McManus that's the one Quiff out in southwest and he thinks that he's fucking dog's bollocks. He definitely deserves a few slaps. Um dust and then there's I can't remember your man's name, but there's a Fina Gaylar out towards Dunleary right down to Iberia. He definitely deserves a few slaps as well because the three of them are just slaps funny enough they're all from the same party like. Um and then finally am we worried that artificial intelligence is gonna take me job? Uh, I started a new role in a completely different company that I would never thought I'd worked for before. Um, luckily, it's winning football, so I don't think that AI will try and take it over, but there are jobs I've worked for in hospitality and all could probably be took over by AI in the next five to ten years. It is like, really alarming when you look at stuff and a lot of the shit now is just artificial intelligence, like even there's music that's been used through AI pictures that people believe are real that's AI infused like it does show us that how good artificial intelligence got over the past few years especially since COVID how it's really like changed the landscape of how the world is looking like Hi Marcus Patrick here calling for the Tifties hotline this is my first time so a bit of a debutant here I'd be more calm than a worrier after a recent run of bad results I guess the first six games of the current campaign relates to the question from Sligo away to Pats at home, where we grinded out mostly draws, really. 
the two undefeated at home to Derry was, was a bit of a scare amongst the Rovers fans, but you have to back yourself the following Friday in a positive way. Worry was never on my mind um, after bad results, as I know what the team is capable of with the strength and depth of the squad. It's kind of different gravy. I knew the results would come and the team would just click and put a run together. I don't have many Rovers fan, uh, friends or family, so uh, no big panicker really. They're involved in their sports, so can't quite relate to this one here. The best signing under the Brazil regime over the last two seasons is a hard call. Uh, he bought in quality, but if I was to pick one, it would have to be Danny Mandroyu. When the rumour was doing the rounds, um, the Bose fans, of course, started with this attitude issue he may have had, but felt this would never happen under Bradley and the structure the club has with the players. Danny would walk into Roadstone with a better crop of players and leaders compared to his previous employers. He settled in from the get-go and was a great addition, scoring late winners uh, up in Drada and Inchi Core. His best attribute was his goal scoring and link-up play with Jack. Defensively, he wasn't uh, great at tracking back, but he's a natural winger slash striker, so can't fault him too much for that. The player who least fulfilled potential over the last two seasons, uh, probably without a shadow of a doubt, is Barry Cotter. He didn't start off too badly uh, when he signed, but no, re no real desire to nail down a first-team position and don't think his body language did him any favours. Falling out of favour, obviously he went out on loan. Probably suited the Pats style of play more, but don't think the Rovers fans are buying it. Once Dan Cleary arrived, it was like swapping an electric scooter in favour of a Rolls-Royce or Cleary, to be honest. Um, I don't think Liam Burt will act as a new signing. I think he's been in the club since January. Um, so once he's fully fit, I think he'll just click um, and just mould into that Rovers uh, kind of striker, kind of uh, winger role. With Friuja playing well, he's kind of undroppable at the moment, so it'll be a headache for Bradzer who starts on the wing, but with Europe in mind, it's a bit of a rotation system. Uh, Bert kind of reminds you of Danny, um, kind of cuts in from the wing, latching onto true balls in midfield. So I think he'll be, once he gets the first two, maybe three games under the belt, he'll flourish. And I was even a fan of uh, Liam's when he's at bow, so best luck of Liam anyway when he's available soon. Although I'm new to away games this, uh, this season, I'm getting uh, to more and more as each game goes by. The 2-0 away win was great, even though I was in the Des Keddy. But Weaver's Park in Drada is my favourite. Um, decent away allocation, 40 minutes from Dublin, and it has a roof. So hoops love a good roof over the head. That's going to give way any second. Um Turner's Cross is going to be an interesting one. I'm there at the end of the month on the 26th. So they haven't been the big time for years. So I'm looking forward to Turner's Cross um, as well. Least favourite ground, without a shadow of a doubt, is Oriel Park. Absolute no character to it. Not a fan of our artificial grass. And it's run down to bits. Um, so the away section is just a complete mound in the corner and that's it basically it's seen better days and probably a renovation is needed but most clubs in the league uh, need a renovation so it can't be too harsh best drive up um, or bus journey haven't quite done with the fans on the WAC Express I usually take the Lewis around Dublin uh, for away games and I met a fellow hoop out my direction who drives uh, to most of the away games so it was a lift there so unfortunately 
Uh, not much crack out of me on this one, but I get I get in the whack express uh, soon enough. Um, judging by, you know, lads group chats is a bit of a bit of character on the Friday afternoon, meeting up and having a few pints and acting the bollocks really on the way up. So good times. I don't follow another team other than Rovers. I've been a Rovers fan since 2010 um, when I watched them on the telly against Juventus in the Europa League. And uh, ever since that, I've just been hooked, really. The buzz it gives you once you finish working the Friday, head Natale is second to none. I would follow the Irish national team, but just can't clarify uh, following a Premier League team. I don't get the same feel factor as League of Ireland games, and it's on our doorstep as well. So it's only Rovers to me. I do go to um, as many Rovers games as possible, but can't get to everyone due to work commitments uh, and kids at home. Uh, Sligo and Derry might be too far, and I've missed Pats away last month of COVID, so I get to 80%, maybe 90% of games, which is I'm happy enough with. I don't get too many look-alike shouts, really. Um, I did go into the local there after a match, and a punter called me Martinelli off Arsenal, the, the Brazilian fella. Don't know why, really. Probably same hairstyle. So the new nickname down the pub is Marcanelli. So butter the jokes, but I'll take it if it's witty football banter. Best meal I've had um, was probably a cheeky Chinese takeaway I've ordered when the missus was away. Um, the bill was 41 quid. Took me two days to finish. The usual, in a bit of a heap on the couch afterwards, but worth it in the end. Worst meal I've had um, not too many to be honest I do enjoy cooking uh, probably just League of Ireland food really just when you get to the ground you're kind of starving as well after travelling and a couple of pints so usually League of Ireland food is terrible in probably most grounds so that's probably it there not big into Irish politics the most poli- uh, Irish politician uh, has the most punchable face probably Bertie O'Hearn um, he's a conjure man so not buying the shells thing also drinks bass as well which is a shit drink so probably Bertie O'Hearn I'm not worried about artificial intelligence taking my job one day I'm a sales rep um, but it's it's 90% done face to face so a robot can't quite do that so I'm not worried at all um, there is a lot of jobs that can be taken say like a train driver or something like that but my job personally it's a one-on-one basis face-to-face for most of the work so i'm not i'm not uh, worried by any uh, mention of any intelligence taking my job artificial intelligence so i am good so it's a short one for me uh, thanks for having me on and best luck to the hoops on friday against strata and keep on hooping thank you Natural police. So, Prof, that's it. You've just heard from Jimmy O'Kelly, Derek Cullen, Veronica Bourne, Brian Burke, Shane O'Dora, Craig Giltrap, and Mark Fitzpatrick. So, the magnificent seven, uh, six debutantes there. Never Sergeant Mark Fitzpatrick from Star Street <laughs> Garda Station. Yeah, we had a copper on the hotline. Um, um, some interesting takes. Some interesting takes. Um, some of them, or most of them, not worried about. Um, the AI, but don't don't underestimate the AI. AI could be an undertaker. AI could get that into was sales the reps. Most random thing I've heard in weeks. Random job, all right? Yeah, it's around dead people all day. I don't think the undertaker's a safe guy. I think AI is coming. No, him and Dicky Brush. Um, Craig, epic scrambled egg fail. Yeah, yeah. Boy, I Craig can just picture him looking at it in the bin. 
I failed. <laughs> Could have done better there. Yeah. Reese Marshall, there's a blast from the past. Yeah. I've literally not thought of that man in three years. Yeah, he had he had all the potential in the world. Great shout as well, actually, by the way. Uh like Brian Burke's Jerry Adams lookalike story. Yeah, Brian Burke's uh, lookalikes um Jerry Adams. Um that must have been a bit tricky back in the day looking like Jerry Adams during the troubles. People have <laughs> lost their lives for, for less. And the first ever baby. To appear on the Tipsy's Hotline. Shout, yeah. out, shout out to Frankie. Shout out to Frankie having a little cry in the background. Uh, yeah, so other results. Prof on the Friday. Bows nil. Dirty one with an early red card for Horton. Um, they preserved their torn styles. So all is good. Coming soon to Lambo's back garden. He can have analyzed for Pele's DNA. DNA. Um, yeah, the load of torn styles just sitting there. So they're going to preserve them and stick them in the new daily or in 2041. Let's hope they hold up. Uh, Derry... Very Twitter trolled balls after that. I saw that in North Men, South Men, yeah. comrades all. And I listened to Dan, De- or not Dan Devine, Declan Devine's thoughts on it afterwards. And I think he's starting to lose a run of himself. He's talking about uh, they didn't, Taba didn't make a save and they were a better team at times. He said that about our game as well. I'm thinking this, this might start filtering into the dressing room and spoofer is the word currently mm. coming out of the dressing room. The, the moles are speaking, prof. And they're starting to do starting to say spoofer. Ram it up your arse. <laughs> Ram it up your arses. Good headline in the mirror. Balls lose the plot and top spot. Oh. Uh, I'm loving Barney on balls lately. He just always has something to say about balls. Because he's he's doing a bit of work as a doorman lately. And uh like some balls fans will come in or Pats fans or Shells fans or whatever. And he, he was talking about one night they were in and he said there was leaflets on the seats saying to sing or don't attend and half the support were on their phones during the game it's mad isn't it and he's saying like this is their best start to a season in 10 years and they can't generate an atmosphere surely as a Bowes fan if you're walking into that pub and you see him you do the grandpa in the burlesque house you go <laughs> you're just uh, gone you, you walk back out 100% uh, Dundalk 2 Cork 1 Cork collapsed with two red cards in the last few minutes and two Dundalk goals in injury time and scenes in Oriel Park where Keen Coleman <coughs> gets a unwarranted red and once again the referees are under the spotlight prof and madness here I have I picked Owen Doyle the absolute donkey for my prediction um, there's a little extra way to add on points to your prediction league that I'm in currently Joe Big Joe who's running the prediction league so you pick two goal scorers that get you points every week to add to your tally it's very cool and then you pick one first division team that's going to score all the goals and I picked Wexford don't fucking know why I just thought they'd do well score goals but concede loads but it's all about the goals they score so I had Hooban and Doyle don't ask me why I didn't pick Gaffney or any of our players I just thought right they'll go with them and yeah so mad collapse madness in Oriel Park and refereeing decisions no scenes in the way <coughs> only five fans from Cork yeah I know yeah, it's poor it's poor carry on altogether but Pat's tree dropped a nil with some late goals from Chris Forrester with two I still have him in the fancy football prof he's racking up the points for me in that um, Sligo losing three nil at home this is a shocker Jack Moylan hat-trick I had Jack in the middle of the park I didn't make him me skipper though that's the bad thing prof I made Jack me skip against UCD and he didn't even play um, Monday Derry Tree uh, Dundalk nil with a stunning goal by Brandon Cavan a bit of trickery on the edge of the box and then fired into the top corner he's there kind of bit part tricky player isn't he he doesn't really do much better um, Kerry got their first ever win 3-2 victory away to Athlone shout Go out on, to Biddy Denny shout out to Tommy Tommy losing a life in the last man standing 
taken a scalp. Uh, I'm very shrewd myself this time around, Prof. They went up 2-0 very early, didn't we? We were in the, in the bowl. Yeah, keeping keep an eye on believe, yeah. yeah. Fortune favours the brave and the last man standing, Prof. Not the weak. Do you notice this, that Ronan Coughlin won player of the month? I agree with Dan McDonald. I think tokenism is a good word to use here. You called it laughable and tokenism gone wrong. I agree, though. With fairness, he scored like... I think it was 10 goals and possibly he scored 4, 3 and 2 actually he did he scored 4 goals 3 goals and 2 goals but I mean separate the two and it's same with these mix and mashed teams of the week how can you not have a Premier Premiership team like a Premier League team of the week for the first division and like separate them it's it's easy it's um, lazy I'm, I'm done with this team of it's the week it's so lazy isn't it it's that, fucking lazy man that team of the week is just yeah, no I don't even pay attention to it anymore I watch it more they, so to get a laugh you they know? put in Gaffney after the Bowes game he came on the last 20 minutes or something didn't he yeah like they're just picking players who scored yeah it's it's uh, it's look it's lazy it's simple um, in a table showing average home attendances in 2023 in the top 16 the first 8 were LOI clubs with Rovers top 6 2-2-2 and the highest Northern Ireland team in ninth were Glen Torren on 2-9-6-9 so we, it's a real talking point isn't it prof it's funny, leading into COVID, all Ireland League seemed like a good idea. And it seemed like it probably should, something we should do. And now it's looking like they're not keeping up with us at the moment. Yeah. They won't get in our higher horses just yet because we described their attends as four years ago. They were probably, they were down at this level. So we do need to sustain a few years of of these uh, five, six, sevens we're getting. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, 1-0 win for the Rovers women team away to Athlone last Saturday still unbeaten prof they are flying only unbeaten team left in the league yeah. Yeah. Uh, Leah O'Leary another goal for her great strike on her left foot so that was the, absolute star in the making here prof 16 years old she's yeah. flying at the minute that was their their first away win since opening day in Sligo hard earned win fourth straight clean sheet for Amanda Budden and yeah, yeah the girls are back at home on Saturday at home uh, DLR Waves yeah I'll be at this one myself prof as course you know me two I, uh, in a row stalwart and the junior hoops I might as well get it out of the way now the junior hoops exclusive meet and greet on Saturday 20th of May meeting at Tele Stadium you can even meet the famous Bill Gleeson um, we will do players tunnel changing rooms then meet and greet the ladies team and the staff and then a few treats while we wait on the game the obligatory treats of course so brilliant stuff with them as usual they're doing unbelievable things and a uh, big game coming up on the Saturday Prof Academy results the men's under 19s lost 5-0 a ho- whoa I didn't see this result <laughs> yeah they lost 5-0 at home my god ok the 15s won 6-2 away to Dundalk with a Charles Akron Toyo hat-trick and the women's 19s drew one all in Galway and on Tuesday the women's 17s beat three, paint mount 3-0 at Rollstone so Mixed, mixed emotions there, Prof. Five nil at home. That's probably the worst defeat they've ever had. Um, um, yeah, so you had you had Bert playing that. You had Justin uh, Gideon Teddy, probably the forgotten man. This I season. know, yeah, he was on the bench all last year. Spent more time in our quiz than he has in uh, <laughs> senior action. But I think he had an injury at the start of the season. But yeah, I'd like to see Teddy get involved again. Yeah, so um, Prof, just as we speak, just as we speak, the results are in. Glemalore are into another final. Woo! Glemalore have just won on penalties. They're into the shield penalty. Seven minutes of injury time. Madness. That's two finals. 
for Glenville Rovers. Congratulations to the boys. We might as well do this now then, yeah, because they got into their first ever final, a 2-1 win over St. Mary's boys in the MMI uh, semis. Thanks Rovers to, hotbed as well, Prof. St. Thanks Mary's. to goals from Colin Seary and Owen Leonard. So that final will be on Wednesday, May 24th, home farms ground at Whitehall. Garage run the bus. We're going to be... Whitehall. <laughs> We're going to be getting stuck into this game. Make sure you show up in your droves, Rovers. Uh, I was actually scalded by Pat Tutty. I was told it's not a Rovers supporters team anymore. Ooh. But either way, they're their own club now. They stand on their own two feet. It's Glenmore Rovers. There's Rovers supporters team. But either way, whatever opinion you have, brilliant achievement by the lads. They're going out and they're going to be playing the final 24th. We'll keep you posted on the details. Check our socials. It's going to be good, Prof. So we'll get the date on that other final now as well. Yeah. Uh, well done to our boys. 12s on a brilliant performance at the weekend. SFAOI under 12. All Ireland champs beating Kevin's 4-0 in the final. Wayside Celtic ground and Kiltern and great little setup out in Wayside. Brilliant for a final. Our 13s won the All Ireland tip. A rarey with a 2 0 win over Pike Rovers. Great achievement for the club coaches and players. And Pike are pretty much Tipperary team, so that's a home game for them. Brilliant result from the 13, so 12s and 13s, all playing a year above their level as well. And a 2013 group travelled to Liverpool and played games against Liverpool and Man United. They had one win and a draw. They can be extremely proud of themselves. So, Prof, we right. are doing bits at the Roadstone. That was a great video of them on their Ryanair flight home singing SRFC and the crew joining in so we're currently under 12s under 13s under 14s under 15s national champions oh, okay to the veins is it a case of the crew all singing with them and it's like who's flying the plane <laughs> pilot is sitting down sculling uh, pints um, yeah so prof four Rovers players were starting in the under 17s po- uh, championship game today 5-1 defeat to Poland so a bit of a spanking but Freddie Turley the captain Corey O'Sullivan and Ireland took an early lead in Budapest and a goal of Rosso. So Najrazi with the assist for Ike O'Razi. So um, the future is green and white. It's bright, Prof. Adi Solanke's in the squad and hungry too as well. So we're flying. Really yeah. interested in seeing these real prospects. Either real Roadstone products products of the, of the academy. I saw the goal on Twitter. Yeah, it was a very good goal. Actually. From the ground um, up. These are your guys. Next up, they play Wales on Saturday. And the hosts hungry on Tuesday. Yep. Uh, Glenmore, we spoke about them. Getting into the final. Well done. Big, big shout out again. Our Dundalk game at home on June 2nd will be shown on RTE, which literally means fuck all. means nothing anymore, so we don't yeah. even bother. We've also got Virgin <coughs> Media. Uh, on the back of their Bowles Rovers experiment, seems to have worked. So we have uh, two more games. So actually there's going to be four more games televised, and they're all Dublin teams. So we have won, Pats have won, Shells have won. Bowls have won so the Dublin media media so Virgin have gone with uh, four more televised games Virgin media loyal gotta love the employers yeah so Prof up next we have Start 11s and predictions right okay draw the bogey team potentially we've had some tricky games against them in the past but it's gotta be Poles Grace Pico Cleary again I'm not sure how fit Hor is, but he's going to find it hard to get back into this team once the lads are playing well. Unfortunately, that's just how it is. We're going to go Trev, who's back. One game suspension. Trevor starts here. Rampage and up and down the wing with Ferrugia again. Gary O'Neill and Tell starting to form a really, really good partnership in there. Um, freeing up the weapon that is Jack Bourne. So Jack Bourne, Gaff and Bork up top as well. Gaff gets to redeem himself after an off night. 
on the Monday against Pats. And I'm going to go a 3-1 win. Unfortunately, I don't think we're going to get a clean sheet on this one. Um, but I think we're going to we're gonna lead to victory on a 3-1 win here, Prof. And I'm going to say Richie Tell to continue his score and run. And um, Gaff to get a nice brace. No room for old Poom here now. No, no Poom no there, unfortunately. He has, he has been playing well, but I think possibly our most attacking and strongest team on the day. Horses for courses and all that, Prof. Do you think Brazzer is just... He's going to keep playing Poom because he wants him for Europe. He sees him as like oh, a... He might do, but who do you take a, out? Who do you, who do you take out there? Do you put Richie up top and... Not up top, but do you move Richie up the pick, put in Poom and then take out Bork? And but spring him from the bench. That's just it. O'Neill and Towel are undroppable. I know. It's tough. It's like um, I said, he's Brazzers in his crust. I'd like to see Har come back in the team. Not to clear he's put a foot wrong around him, yeah. but I'm um, big fan of Har, so like my back three would usually be Grace, Peak or Har. I'm not sure how fit he is, but Har yeah. Har was the starter as well. It's so like Grace Grace was getting dropped. And now Grace is possibly player of the year at the minute. He's been unbelievable. He's been superb. Europe will be interesting because <laughs> Who do you start between Trev, Fruge and Finn for European games? Maybe mix it up between the home and away legs. I think it's going to come down to the homework that's been done on the opposition. I think they're going to look at, okay, what's the guy like that Finner's going to be up against? Okay, it's going to be a little bit of pace there. Maybe Fruge starts. Mm-hmm. It's going to be homework. Homework is going to be done massively in these games, you know. Hopefully Bert plays a role too in the, in the European yeah. game. Like we're Once saying, again. looking ahead that maybe... So any changes, Prof? Um, no, like I say, maybe core in, but yeah. other than that, of the same team. And draw the games. Our last three league games have been one, have been one all draws. Yeah, oh, I think we'll do it. And the one do. before that was a one 0 defeat. We haven't beaten them in four league games. Uh, we did win out there in the cup last year. The Andy Lyons goal, remember? Um, now these games are always tight for whatever. They're in terrible form though. They have two points in seven games. Took the words out of my mouth, prop. I think there's no way they're gonna come to Tala and take anything off us with the current form that they're in, and they're in a bit of a slump. They it's won gonna... in Derry, and since then, oh, they have two draws in seven games. Yep. So I think, but even then, they always have been a bit of a bogey team. So I think it's gonna be a narrow one 0 win. For us. Oh, what the prof? And then who will score? Late uh... run, Richie. I'm going to say Berkey. Berkey. Berkey's going to nick a goal here somewhere. Yeah. So, uh, just a quick stat. This will be Stephen Bradley's 300th game in charge oh. of Rovers. In all competitions? In all competitions. In all competitions, prof. Big 300. Uh, UCD, that was his 167th win. That meant he, overtake, he, uh, he overtook the legendary Jimmy Dunn, our manager in the 1930s and 40s. So that put Brazzer third all-time wins. We really are witnessing something special, aren't we? Behind Paddy Code, 256, Liam Toohey. It uh, really is. It's a special time to be a Rovers fan. Behind Liam Toohey. But, um, yeah, 300 games, fourth behind Code, Toohey, done. He's still yeah. having games. So, yeah, Prof Hoop saying hit me. Hit me with the Maloney's, <laughs> the Grues, the Gogs, the McDarras. Pigo. Is the is the big interview with McDara? Uh, I've got a piece with Brazzer on his three hundred game, so he's just the whole piece is purely quotes from him. It's three pages, just him talking about managing Shamrock Rovers and being the Shamrock Rovers manager, club traditions, his influence at Arsenal. So I thought it was quite interesting. So check that out. 
Um, other than that, you got your usual. You got your, you got your women's, uh, women's scene. You got your opposition previews. You got Robert doing a fans uh, trip down memory lane on the Isle of Man tour in 1967. So you got yeah. loads of content. User hoop scenes, Fiber Pop, and don't forget the program centers and their lovely new mascot tops, Prof. Built for uh, a <laughs> weather, sorry, I'm choking here. Prof, the bus to Cork for Tifty's 26th of May <laughs> is full to the brim. We have a standby list. Do not forget the Wack Express is running from the points. Two o'clock departure. The Gary Twig is running from Tala. Not sure what time they depart, but they're on Facebook and tw- and, and uh, Instagram. Get in touch with them if you need to see. Any of our standby guys want to get moved? The Hoops of Sea are running a bus as well. Um, Get yourselves onto buses no matter what. Mm. I doubt we'll have any pullouts at this stage. We're pretty much full to the brim. Um, and we always get pre-booked and pre-paid as well. So I doubt we'll have any... from pre. Just looking at the names on the list... I doubt there'll be any pullouts. So we've been given a healthy <coughs> allocation here, seven hundred tickets. Seven hundred. We're close to to taking the lot of those as well. We're nearly the, uh, scalping the whole the whole allocation at the minute. It's early days as well. Don't forget to, the game is still two weeks away. Only went on sale Monday to members Tuesday season ticket holders. But Gar, I've been dying to bring this up. Go on, bro. This is all I'm interested in. There's a man on our bus, Rob Manchester, who runs. <laughs> this is a direct quote on Twitter. A fast, reliable ironing service in Wrexham and Glasgow. And he has a Twitter profile to prove it, because it's him smiling and pointing to an iron in his hand. This man wants to go on a bus from Dublin to Cork to see a Shamrock Rovers game. It's hard, isn't it? He's, he's holding the tools of the trade. You know, he's proud. Proud, tra- proud tradesman with his iron in his hand. I'm probably going to get slaughtered for this but it's Wrexham anywhere near Glasgow <laughs> I don't know why it's so specific I am intrigued with this if yeah. this man is real if he's on the bus I want to sit beside him yeah I think he's over for the weekend and he wants to experience the Tifties the Tifties bus to Cork so um, yeah it's an odd one <clears throat> and we spoke about the junior hoops already so that is pretty much it Prof it's been a brilliant season so far we're only at the start of it and it's been extremely entertaining Um what what more can you ask for? It's been brilliant. So, like, Prof, we will see you in Block X South Stand and keep on hooping. See ya.